0: Podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Overhaul Special, uh, Sky Sports Fantasy Football, uh, courtesy of Fantasy Football Scout. I am Luke, and joined as ever um, by Nile. How's it going?
1: It's going well. Yeah, it's been a, a nice week off. I know a lot of people don't enjoy the international break, but um, I I usually, although I was at the game against Moldova for Scotland at the weekend so um, <laughs> I had to sit through 90 minutes of that so yeah quite looking forward to getting back to to the usual this weekend
0: Love it yeah no I, I, I hate it when there's no football but last year was too much and uh, you talking about going to a game there it's been so long since I've been to a game I really want to take my kids this season actually because um, they've never been to one they're only 5 and 8 but um, yeah, just try and make sure it's a decent one so they actually get the interest because they're both girls and they're not particularly interested in football. So I've got to make sure I pick a decent game to at least give it half a chance. <laughs> yeah, we'll definitely
1: don't take the Scotland games. <laughs> right.
0: Don't worry, that was not on the agenda. <laughs> that was not on the agenda. Although, to be honest, I think England versus Andorra, I didn't watch it and I know they won 4-0 in the end, but I think that was an absolute bore fest as well. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, going to have to try. I mean, annoyingly, I can actually get Arsenal tickets pretty pretty easily because I know someone who's got a season ticket and obviously the stadium's great and that's usually a good a good watch but at the moment yeah probably probably best not to do that um yeah so it's been it's been stressful for me actually you say it's been nice to have the break but I've spent the entire time just tweaking with my team over and over and over trying to get the perfect balance and I'm not sure there is such a thing as perfect like no matter what I do I'm always unhappy in one area and then I'll come back and change it And it's probably not good for my health but I'm sure there's a lot of people Uh, watching and listening to this that feel the same um so that's kind of the point of this pod really is just to talk through some of the sort of yes or no's we've got all the what our thoughts are on current players and we have to bear in mind as well we're um, we're early in the week we've got press conference coming up um you know things could dramatically change um but yeah a lot of the decisions we make now i do think it's really really important in certain areas because ideally you want to carry some of these players for a really sustained period um so the, the decisions are important. There's no other way to dress it up, really. Um, how have you been finding it? Have you been uh, just put your team in, bam, you're done? Or has it been like me?
1: Not totally like you. I would actually argue that in all of the years I've been playing the game, since they introduced the overhaul, this has been the toughest to come up with a team. I think just because the league right now is really strong, you know, one of three, maybe four teams could could win it certainly challenge for the league Mm. and so you just got such a diversity of options I mean there are players who you would normally consider who just don't even come into the reckoning I'm thinking some of the notes I had before during the overhaul. Vardy came into the discussion Mane came into the discussion you know neither of them I've been looking at now it's all about the premium options and it's about how you get them in um and and you know how many players do you have to allow you know as many premium options as you can get and so it's it's a real real challenge and a headache, um, and hopefully we can add some uh, add some light to the to the darkness in this discussion.
0: Yeah, definitely. Because I know I need the help. I mean, yeah, that's a very good point. It's like I can't imagine a situation where I was going into overhaul and Bruno Fernandez was not on my list of players that I would have in my team. Um, i in fact i've talked about it so often that he killed my season last season doing exactly this not having bruno at this exact point killed my season and i said there is no way on this earth i'm not going to have him in my team come over and yet here i am and he's nowhere to be seen but things change right circumstances change so um yeah i'm just gonna have to hope and that has actually been an underlying fear of mine in general when i'm picking this team i'm looking at the fixtures which we all all do and um you know sustained periods of fixtures and and captains and uh, xyz you know in the back of my mind there are some players that are really good options and have even done really well in this first three weeks and they're sat in my team before i overhauled and here i am like prepared to take them out i mean the one that stands out massively there is antonio like antonio has absolutely smashed it as we all know i think he's fantastic i'm like his biggest fan and yet it's hard to fit him in the team I think when you've got all these premium forwards you know arguably you don't need to, to use him as a captain I mean there's a, there's a couple of days think versus Brentford for example in the future you could use him as a captain you could use him this Saturday against Southampton but there are alternatives and he takes up a spot so I'm having real headaches on this because I love him and I feel like if he was 12 million it would almost make my decision easier to just have him because then I know I can force him in and just switch him to one of the other premiums, and then. If I, if I put him in at 8.8 million, suddenly I don't want to sit with loads of money in the bank that could be working for me, you know? Um, so where do you stand on Antonio at the moment? Because right now I haven't got him on my team and I don't feel great about it.
1: Just easing me in gently there, Luke. Thanks for that. Um, <laughs> I'm tackle the big issues. No, I'm totally, I know he's he's been the hero of, uh, of the pre-overhaul period. He did his job, I think, like many. I captained him, like you, captained him three times, I think. Um, over the three game weeks and he delivered big time. So in in a a normal world, right, you'd be keeping him in your team. But we've got two 11.8 and and 11.3 million wrecking balls, potentially even a 12 million wrecking ball, now thrown back into the mix with the return of Kane, with Lukaku and Ronaldo coming into the league. Um, And with the the way that the games are fallen, the captaincy options... uh, you know west ham not being in the mix for that necessarily and then you've got salah so it's difficult to find a place for someone like antonio just his price is obviously brilliant but the way things are just now i'm finding it quite challenging to have him in i think i'm probably put him putting him in my my second team or or one of the two teams yeah that's such a sky um,
0: cop-out isn't it that's what i say it's like i'm not yeah. sure so i'll do it on my b team which basically means yeah, he's, if he's not in your A team it's not really what you think and it's just a backup and yeah I'll probably do exactly the same and, the, and, and yeah the B team can do better than the A but the A team is obviously our, this is my main thoughts and, it, and I tell you, Antonio's yeah. not in there and I, I just not, versus Southampton first game I mean <laughs> I imagine he's going to go mad in that one Um the thing I'll say is we all know that West Ham have got Europe coming up and we don't know how they're going to prioritise that I've got a feeling that Moyes is going to take it quite seriously and I feel like Antonio maybe not, it depends who they're facing I guess but maybe not in the early, very early stages will he play but I think very soon he would start playing because West Ham are a team that arguably could do very well in that competition um, and then yeah maybe he comes out but then you sort of you know, this is something I talked about with James Justin and other people is like because we're aware of that information and what could happen, it can negatively affect you because then you don't pick someone on based on something that could happen in the future that may never occur. And you just ignore a... You know, our, in fantasy football back in the day, especially, was you follow form, right? And a lot of people still say that. So to take... And, I mean, if you're playing FPL right now, no one is taking Antonio out of the team. Not a sausage is taking Antonio out of the team. And yet here we are taking him out. And I understand the reasons as you discussed it. It's the captain thing and everything and... It just doesn't feel right for me and I'm gonna I'm gonna make a case to actually maybe include him quickly right so
1: I was gonna say it sounds like you're talking yourself back into hell
0: <laughs> well this is what it's all about right um, okay so I'm gonna bring up the fixtures here on the screen actually um, let me do screen share there we go so these are the sky fixtures from the sky side so if you include Antonio basically you've got we've got to remember it's at the expense of someone else now to me you kind of need Salah from the off. I don't know if that's a debate for you. Are you just are you having Salah because I'm having Salah? Do we need to even discuss that?
1: Uh, I think there's there's room to discuss it. But personally, I think I'll be going with him. I think he's probably right. looking at the games out of the bat. You're going to captain him twice in the first two weeks, so um, yeah, I'd, I'd say you could you could afford to go for a Van Dijk or a Trent instead, but. Salah's going to be the highest, or the highest option on both those
0: days yeah. yeah that is a good point I mean Salah does you can cover in inverted commas Salah with, especially like Van Dijk and Trent and they could do equally as well in fact most of the time they probably actually do better just by picking up some bonus points when Salah doesn't but then obviously Salah's got those massive hauls and that's what you're trying to catch but the way the fixtures have fallen is one game on Sunday. I don't fancy captaining a Leeds player in that. So, and I don't fancy captaining a Liverpool defender because Leeds will probably score and therefore I'll be captaining Salah. So he's almost taken up one slot. The other two slots, I think, are more up for debate. And uh, on the first Saturday, you've obviously got Ronaldo versus Newcastle, which a lot of people will probably have. I can understand that. And you've got Lukaku versus Villa. Um, you've obviously got Calvert-Lewin on the Monday versus Burnley, who I think I really like as well. I can understand going with Grey anyway, the case for Antonio is maybe if you don't have Ronaldo or Lukaku, you can captain Antonio in that game versus Southampton if you wanted to. You can leave some money in the bank, of course, if you want to move people in later or whatever. I think that's fine. I mean, I know we're all sitting and saying Ronaldo against Newcastle is probably the best option. Yeah, it probably is. The best options don't always score the best. You know, Chelsea, Lukaku could do Vine versus Villa. Could easily match him. Could beat him. Antonio could beat or match both of them. You know, it's not out of this world to think so. Um, and then as you move forward. My point generally is that West Ham play on the same day as Man United and Chelsea quite often. So the next game is actually versus Man United. So West Ham versus Man United, West Ham are at home. Now, yeah, I think Ronaldo could score there, but I also think Antonio at home is pretty deadly, and I feel like he could score there. Um, you know, so you could do that. A lot of people aren't having a Chelsea striker yet because it just, you can sort of cover it with the defenders and their games turn from, from game week seven in FPL, it is anyway. So again, you could argue you just have Antonio there. And then on Saturday the 25th, they play Leeds when Man United play Villa. So I guess what I'm arguing is, can Antonio get close to or match Ronaldo, really? Because he's kind of competing with him on the same day for a hell of a lot less money. Which then is not just that, it's what it allows you to do with the rest of that money, right? Because there's a massive saving there. So suddenly, I can bring in all the defenders I want. You know, I can have Fernand Fernand Torres... You know, I can have all the secure defenders I can have Aspilaqueta, I can have Diaz I can have people I, I pretty much know are going to play and I'm basically you know it, it's. I don't think it's that crazy to think that Antonio given the form he is and the way he's playing could get close to Ronaldo do you see what I'm saying? so th- I think
1: there's a slight not, I, I totally see what you're saying but let me just give you the, the devil's advocate role on the other side please right? Do, so please. let's assume that you're going to you're going to have if you're going to have if you're going to have Antonio right so he's 8.8 I assume you're also going to have DCL, um, yeah. and you're talking about what you can do with that additional budget, mm-hmm. invest it in a, a big defence. You could get, you know, you could have Diaz and Cancelo and Van Dyke if you wanted to in that back four. It'd be
0: Aspilicueta, Diaz
1: and Trent I could do, for example. And that's absolutely lovely. Like, you know, that's brilliant. But for me, it feels like you're painting yourself into a corner a little bit with only one premium option. Mm-hmm presuming you're going to spend all that budget. I mean, if you were to hold some back and you were going to have DCL, say, for the Everton games, you could maybe upgrade him um, up to Ronaldo or a Lukaku or a Kane. But the problem is, with the approach that you're outlining there, spending all that budget, yes, you're going to get a great defence, but you're potentially riding with only one of those four big hitters for a yeah. number, of, number of weeks. Mm. And, like, that's that would give me sleepless nights. So, <laughs> like, as much as I think Antonio is a great option, I just... I just can't see myself captaining him, where I probably would captain, say, Ronaldo at home to Newcastle. I don't think I would captain Antonio Waits at Hampton. That's not to say he wouldn't. he's not got a chance of outscoring him. Mm. He probably could. But I also think having two of those premium, or three of those premium forwards, allows you to move more freely amongst the, the, other, the other main hit, big hitters, who it, you are going to need at some point. There's, there's no denying that you're going to want at least two of them at one point in the season. Yeah,
0: it's definitely more flexible a hundred percent behind the fact that it's more flexible allows you to bring the power forwards and I, I agree with that but i think it does and it does mean that you probably have to take a little bit of a risk in defense in order to be able to compensate i think we're all going with pretty much dirt cheap midfielders but um you know for example going christiansen over the likes of Laqueta, maybe going matip over Trent maybe maybe saving some money where it yeah if they're going to play then great you know you you've basically spent one or two million extra if you buy the, the more expensive counterpart for almost no reason if they're going to match the game time but then maybe you're leaving yourself a little bit short there as well so I think that you can argue it both ways and come back to the fixtures very briefly Sunday the 3rd of October West Ham are at home to Brentford now you've got Spurs at home to Villa I don't know how many people have Kane by that point and then you've got Palace Leicester and you've got uh, Liverpool versus Man City now yeah Salah could do okay in that game I guess but Ideally, you probably want Antonio there as well. So, I still think there's a slight case for it. I, I, I don't know if I'm going to go there for the reasons you mentioned, because later on you have to make a transfer, but we do have the transfers in hands. And I feel like some in some ways, if you start with this really secure defenders, what you can get is the information around the Champions League and the clubs and who is actually likely to play. Let's say, for example, Christensen is benched and then he plays in the Champions League and Silva plays the game. Suddenly, you now know that you can't really have, well, you can have him, which will still probably be value, but... You'd prefer not to, right? The same could be said for Matip. What happens if he gets benched the game before Champions League because they play Canate and then they play Matip in the Champions League as he's in the strongest eleven? I think those both are both realistic possibilities, and therefore you have to make you can then use that information to affect your transfers. Because I've started with the safe options in defence. Do, do you see what I'm saying?
1: Yeah, I, I see. I do see what you're saying. I do see what you're saying. Now, I'm not suggesting that Antonio's form is going to end abruptly, but let's say that Antonio's form does. Gently end when it comes to it comes to a grinding halt. Blast you're going to need two. Tra- you're going to need two transfers at least to then move him up to a Lukaku or up to a Kane. Mm. Um, and so either way, there's risk with either option. I would say either direction you go. And this is I think why we're having this discussion, right? Because this is an overhaul that we've both described as being brutal, right? Because we're struggling yeah. to we're struggling to make that balance. We're struggling to decide whether we want to bottom out the rest of our team and have a premium front three or Risk not having some of those big hitters when in, when they've got great games, mm. um, and, and invest that elsewhere. So, yeah, I think it comes back to the crux of this debate that we're probably going to keep coming back to throughout the whole of this video. Um, but agree fully. And we've already spent ten minutes talking about one player, so we probably should move on. But I agree, <laughs> I agree that Antonio. Well, really, there's a, definitely value in it.
0: I think the structure is really important, and that's what form that's going to form our team. And I think Antonio is key to that because yeah, it just it just seems crazy that we'd even remove him, but I say that I started off this, you know, conversation by saying he's not in my team for the reasons you've mentioned. It's just I'm terrified of the fact that he's not. And in some ways, I just think that if he was 11, 12 million, you know, I feel like um, we'd, we'd be we'd be more open to the fact that he could match those big guys. Now I don't I don't think he can get 20, 25 goals in a season, which these guys can probably get. Um, but I think in at least now, whilst Europe's not really a factor and the form he's in, and just the way West Ham are playing. We have to remember that Ronaldo and stuff, I know they're great players, Lukaku, they are still brand new to their team. You know, it's not like there's any absolute guarantee that they just come in and start ripping it straight from day one. I mean, they probably will. But yeah, it, it was the fact that you could maybe just go with Antonio, have the have the defenders you know are going to play and then use the information and use the, use the inf- to transfers in your defenders later on. I don't think it's the optimum way, but I think it's an alternate way and probably something I will. Here it is, the classic line doing my B team. Um, hey. hey um, <laughs> let's uh, let, let me ask you. I'm just going to throw random stuff at you, and we have got some questions to answer at the end. Which, to be honest, I might cover some of these off before we get there, but by accident because you know I'm, I've got the same questions as all you guys. But uh, I'm going to go with just straight wolves. Okay, wolves have just got a ridiculously good run. I see a lot of people eyeing up either Sarr in goal. Um, I've seen people with Triore in midfield quite a lot. I haven't seen anyone with Jimenez. I even had someone mention, I think it's in the questions, Trincao. And then you've got quite a few cheap defenders that you possibly could put in. I think Marcel, uh, Marcel for example, is quite cheap. Um, do you have any Wolves players in your team?
1: <laughs> uh, the answer is no, but it doesn't mean I've not thought about them. I would say that they are only one of three teams to have lost all three games. Yeah. And they are. So so I know there's a lot of excitement around Wolves and are they look better probably than they did towards the end of last season they've been unlucky in all three of those games i'd say as well so mm. getting that out there up front i would say the three players i've considered most strongly um the goalkeeper Sa. Uh, mm. they look pretty robust at the back they've only conceded one goal in three games and we're probably unlucky to concede in, in, a, in one of them in particular so you know he he could prove value 6.7 million a great run of fixtures could be a set and forget for a long time hmm. I do just think when you compare him to some of the other goalkeepers say let's say Mendy or uh, even Allison, they're only about a million more and potentially could be more nailed on for clean sheets or so you could also look at your goalkeeper if you're going to go cheap to Sa you can even go even cheaper and they go look down towards Raya or Bachman yeah. um, but he's a good price don't get me wrong so I've had a look at him. Um some of the defenders, I think Kilman is cheap, had him for a little while last year. Um 6.2, I believe he is. Going to check Maybe I'm wrong out. on that, but yeah, I think yeah, it's six, six I two, think yeah. it's six point two. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So he they could potentially pick up some passing bonus on occasion with these great fixtures. But yeah, again, if you're needing someone to to sit in your team as a cheap option, he could be there. Um Markal as well, I think he's Six, four. slightly more expensive but I think the problem I've got with the likes of both of those and I had thought about them is just I'm not sure I can guarantee that they're going to stay in that team Kilman in particular maybe Bali replaces him yeah they're playing about um,
0: 5 at the moment aren't they and I think this is the thing right? Wolves uh, data so far has been really good in terms of expected goals conceded but the manager doesn't actually have a reputation for having a particularly solid defence in fact he was more gung-ho-ish I think so is it just because you know it's worked out that way and it's a little bit of luck is it just because you know he's decided he's going to play differently is it because the Wolves players are naturally like that under Nunu I don't know the answers yet um, but I'd be surprised if suddenly there's turned into a clean sheet machine even though the data is good that's, that's what I would say I don't I don't think a lot of their players are good enough in certain areas. I, I mean, I don't know how you keep clean sheets with the likes of Semedo in your team, for example. I don't think he's very good defensively at all. Bolly's constantly injured. If he was back fit and playing, I'd be more confident. Um, you know, the midfielders generally, for me, don't have the legs. Like, obviously, Mantegna is a great player. Neves is a decent player. But they're not the most energetic. So I think they can get caught out sometimes. And, yeah. I think Anyway, I just think if I was going to go to Wolves... It would basically be the the keeper Saar would probably be the only one. I do I get Trior at seven point nine. You can ride him for the good games. I do get that. He's looked great. You know, he's already picked up one man of the match. I guarantee you he's gonna pick up more. Um, you know, it's just his goals and assists just you know, they just never seem to actually come, do they? So I think it's tough for him because there's quite a lot of midfielders around that price, seven point eight million, like Ben Rama himself, you've got Sar. you've got just below that maybe Gallagher, you've even got Gilmore at six point nine. And it's like, to go to 7.9 for Traore, I'm not sure he is actually better than any of those guys. You know, you could argue maybe, but even St Maxim at 7.9, I haven't gone there myself, but, you know, Newcastle have got a tidy run. Is he any better than St Maxim? I'd say he's quite similar in terms of, you know, very good on the ball, dribbling, catches the eye. But I'd argue St Maxim's got a little bit more end product than him, if anything. Um, so, yeah, it's really Sar or no one for me at the moment. And you coming back to what you said about the alternatives and goal... I know Saar's a really good price at 6.7, but Mendy's 7.6. So for 0.9 more, I can pretty much guarantee myself 15 to 20 clean sheets, maybe even more if they have a really good season. Sometimes these teams manage to do it. So if we say sort of 18 to 19 maybe, which seems realistic, that's a lot of clean sheets. And obviously the extra points for 0.9. Yeah. So I
1: kind of... That's what I'm looking at. Yeah, I I'm thought you were. I saw you
0: had Mendy in your team, right? I get that Sar can cover a couple of captain days. You know, it's nice to have, like, if you don't want a Wolves player, but they have an individual day, suddenly you've got Sar in your team and you cover the captain, you think, yeah, that's great. But even if Sar gets a clean sheet on that day, um, even if he gets saves, let's say he gets an 11-pointer and you captain it for 22, great. But is that going to beat Mendy across the season anyway? Probably not. He's still there, now.
1: I am still here. I'm just pondering. Yeah, no, I, I think you're right. I, I would say that Mendy will outscore Sa by enough to justify the 0.9. I also think some of the other premium goalkeepers will do exactly the same. Mm. Um, so I wouldn't even just compare it strictly to Mendy. Um, you could even look towards, as I said, Allison or Ederson, or even you know someone like Pickford who could cap who could cover off a couple of captain games as well. Mm. I think that they're probably like to be more solid. Um, I've I've not been so excited about Wolves, and I think this is a classic case of form versus fixtures. I think people are putting a lot of emphasis on the fixtures for Wolves. They do have a great run, um, but for me, I'd need to. I feel like I still need to see a little bit more before I can trust them with a with a spot on my overhaul team. I think that there are also looking at the the cheap defenders and at the trio level. I think there are decent alternatives. I mean we'll get onto him in a minute but I'd imagine that Webster is probably a, a great budget for anyone looking at a defender around that price. that kind of say Mark Allen slightly more than Mark Allen Kilman around that cheap price yeah. and then when it comes to the midfielders you've got the likes of uh, Ben Rama in there um, who is I think he's at the same price or slightly even cheaper than uh, than Traore is who he's looks like he's got one, more of a 0.1 cheaper yeah yeah. So it looks like he's got more of a more potential for output, or he's more likely to actually deliver upon his promise than Triori, who just looks great and, and actually doesn't doesn't ever yeah. doesn't ever do anything. And that said, a Triori's got inevitably Triori will hit a twenty pointer one day. Oh yeah. Um yeah. But that's just the way he is. He's he's feast or famine. Um yeah, so I think around that that, that price range there are alternatives that are making me look elsewhere. But I I think that the fixtures are good clearly, and if you if you've seen enough to fancy them, then that I wouldn't, I wouldn't put you off. But personally, I, I don't fancy. it
0: Yeah, and I think just on that note, actually, you touched on Webster and, and the fixtures and defenders and stuff. For me, I, I kind of am ignoring the fixtures when it comes to the defender. At least, I mean, up until February means that I've played everyone anyway. Right when we get, that's when we get our next overhaul almost over, certainly. So, I don't want to be chopping and changing my defenders, and I don't think fixtures therefore should play a part. And I think we should probably just pick them in the main. Um, you know. For, for that whole period up until February. That's the idea anyway. I can understand some of the top-end ones. So, for example, if you want to have Trent Alexander-Arnold because he's got a really good run, you think he's going to get some more attacking points than he normally would and then maybe switch him later on when the fixtures change. I don't think that's massively a problem. Um, but I think in the, in the case of Webster, I mean, Brighton's fixtures for me aren't actually that good. I'd be surprised if they pick up that many points in the upcoming run because they've got, I think it's Brentford to begin with, which fair enough he could do, but it's away. Home to Leicester... You know, if iffy away to Palace home to uh, Villa uh, away to Norwich and it's home to City away to Liverpool and it goes into a bit of a terrible run from that point so it's fairly okay ones to begin with and then it goes pretty bad but that's just not entered my mind at all because Webster's price is £7 million, I'm leaving for the whole season and I think virtually everyone I've spoke to has just got Webster sat in their team I, I think he's he's probably a lot for virtually everyone um, for that reason so I just don't want to mess around with it he, he's definitely the budget picker choice for me
1: yeah i completely concur with that. I think that there are some others around around that about his price. Um, you know, Liam Cooper as well has been picking up bonus. I know they've, they've not been keeping clean sheets, but their games that were pretty stern before the overhaul. So you mm. could maybe expect them to to of to the normal a little bit. Um, and yeah, so he's, he's 6.9. He's up there as well for me. Um, and you know, the, there's a few in that range, but I think that Webster so far, it has been outstanding, um, and I think I think a lot of people will be having him in their team, especially as he he covers off a single a single match day in the captaincy against Palace as well later down the line. Yeah, yeah,
0: indeed. I do think if Duffy if Duffy ever does come out of the team, which I'm not even 100 percent convinced he does at this point, um, Webster, you know, might not get as many passes because Dunk maybe will start hoovering him up a bit more when he plays central. But even then, I still think the value is too good uh Duffy at 6.6 I saw it I'm still interested in him I'm not I'm completely convinced that he just disappears out like of team he scored again the other day for Ireland he's such a threat from set pieces but I suppose it's just we come back to like do you want to be messing around with players at that point do you want to leave him in and then he just doesn't play and you want to take him out so I'm probably just not going to have him but I wouldn't be surprised if he stays in a lot longer than people think maybe even permanently if he earns the spot because I think Dan Berm's out for like eight weeks and Know, Lamptey's you know, perennially injured, injured, and Veltman could play right wing back. So I'm not, I'm not sure that it's just going to happen just like that. To be honest with you,
1: no, I don't think so either. I think Veltman came on in the the Everton game. I think he was the one who gave away the penalty. He looked a bit rusty. Um, even then, I suspect he's probably going to be deployed more at the wing back position. You've got Dan Byrne, who the last I read was seeing specialists about a a knee injury. So it could be a long, a longer term, medium term. Um, injury for him that keeps him out for a while. Duffy's been pretty solid. He's been getting plaudits, um, and he's taken up that middle spot at 6.6. So, I mean, I've actually considered having him in um, in in some drafts, possibly in, again, the famed second team. Um, And I I do see there's a slight risk there, but the upside is huge. If he continues to play at 6.6, he's a massive goal threat. He knocks the ball around in a Brighton team that like to keep possession. Mm. Um, and so, and they look to keep clean sheets as well they're not bad at doing that too so I think if you're going to go for something sub 7 million um, if you absolutely need to find find a, a player of that, that price he, I wouldn't put you off him either
0: No, I think we say we don't want to mess around and use transfers there but I think his place is safe for a little while and given how much of a goal threat the guy has I don't think it's the worst idea in the world you could have him in and let's say he does get dropped later on you know, it's not a massive problem if he misses one game at £6.6 Anything, and you think, ah, oh, okay, what have I got to do here? As long as, by that time, we'll have more information, of course, so there might be other options around that price. I mean, there already is a few people that you could go to, and so the Brentford lads, the Watford defenders, etc. So it's not like there's a complete no um, get-out-of-jail cards, but by that time, we might have enough information to say that there's a really good option that you can move to or whatever. So, yeah, I, I don't hate that at all. Um, I was going to say, I'll throw a few names at you, actually, that have Because I think we all, in the main, have got the same core, really, of the most expensive players. We all know we're probably going to have, you know, the Salas, the Ronaldos, you know, you're going to have a Kane at some point. You know, Calvert-Lewin, Antonio up top. top. I think that's where you decide. You decide on your front line. You decide on your defenders, um, which usually will involve Webster and and the likes of Chelsea, Liverpool, City, along along with them if you can. And then you sort of, the midfielders is where all the variety is, I think, um, and where you can take a few punts. Now, I noticed there's a name that you had on your team when you showed me the draft the other day. And uh, I must admit, I've been tempted by it because you've been playing so well. So why don't you drop the bombshell now? Because I don't know how confident I am to actually go with the guy. But it wouldn't be surprised knowing your track record, now that this guy just ends up being, like, the best Sky player ever. And then, as a result, you just absolutely smash it. So go on, drop the bombshell.
1: Right, well, OK, first of all... Uh... I realise people do like to take advice from these podcasts, so I'm taking. I'm just going to get up there straight away. I'm taking absolutely no responsibility for how how well or badly this guy this guy does. He wasn't one of my drafts. I don't think he's in there at the moment anymore. Ah. But, uh, but 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 you might make his way back in. I'm still thinking about him. Actually, I was. I look at my tabs that are open, and his name is searched uh, in there. So. I feel like I've, I've built it up quite a lot building the suspense, but it's El Yunusi. I think that's who you're referring to, right?
0: That's exactly who I'm referring to.
1: And that's exactly who you're referring to.
0: The, the main reason being, and I can understand why, because every time I make a draft I'm really happy with, I can't afford this sort of third midfielder spot that I actually want, which usually goes up to, you know, as a bare minimum, like Gilmore or Gallica around there, and usually it's even just below that, and I'm like, Christ, who am I going to get? <laughs> And there's this guy, there's this dude from Southampton who actually could fill the spot at 6.3 million. Um, and at first I just thought you were mad and people were mad. And then I looked at it a little bit more and realised he's been playing pretty well for Selwick. And then he scores a hat-trick in the Cup. I know it was only a mess around Cup game, but then he scored against Newcastle and he got shots tier two. Um, and he's come back. I didn't even realise he was on loan in Scotland such that I don't follow the football. I just thought he was, you know, he was in the abyss. And... Um, so is he going to start playing? Because I think at that price, pretty much all he has to do is actually play for it to be to be value. I mean, sure, it'd be nice if he can get hat tricks and goals and shots on target every week. But I don't expect that will happen. But I think he's got a pretty good record. When I was looking, he's scored like eighteen goals, I think, in Scotland.
1: Yeah, and he's you know he's a he's a Norwegian international. He plays in the the lineup with Erling Haaland. He scored um, in their game against Latvia a couple of days ago as well mm. for them. So I mean he the guy is a good player and I think possibly having watched him firsthand up in Scotland and seen how direct he is how many shots he likes to take on um and the potential that he's got there I I'm I wouldn't say I'm sold on him completely because obviously a 6.3 million midfielder there's a risk that he's not going to play long term he's just come back into the team and and if if he does end up getting dropped Replacing a six-point-three midfielder will be a nightmare. Yeah, right? I'm not no. trying to kid myself. I'm not trying to kid myself on that. Yeah, there's literally but, nowhere
0: to go. That's the thing that worries me.
1: But when you're, you know, when you're scraping your pennies and pounds together <laughs> to try and build a to try and build a team that doesn't look absolutely dreadful with a big with a big attacking lineup, then you're going to need some budget options. And at the moment, I'm thinking about him. He's not in my team at the moment, but I'm thinking about putting him back in. Um, just, just to enable some other better players in different positions. And the argument I was making before when I spoke to you was: if you look at the Sky game, where are the positions that are going to get you the most points? Right? Okay, goalkeepers always perform well. Mm. Defenders always perform well. Attackers always perform well. And the difference in all three of those positions between those top, top premium options and the, the you know the lesser kind of middle range options is vast. Mm. And so why not, if you're gonna bottom out your team, why not bottom it out in the position that really the difference is, is marginal because none of the players particularly dominate in that space anyway, and that is in midfield. So that's the reason why I thought if you can find some cheap midfielders, then steer into it rather than steering away from it, because mm. that's probably the area that's probably the area where you're gonna pick up least points anyway.
0: I completely agree. And I'll be honest, he tempts me just because of what it allows elsewhere. I think I'm almost getting the Ben Rama vibes when I had pre-season. I was like, shall I have Ben Rama in my team? He's looking good in friendlies. He's doing okay. Like, he could do all right. And then suddenly he smashed it. And now I feel like I'm Jesus and I'm just going to put him in my team and it's going to happen again. <laughs> it's almost certainly going to slap me in the face. But I'm certainly considerate. I did ask a, a clean sheet wipeout, which some of you guys may know, is another Sky player. Um, shout out to the season keepers. They do a pod. You should check that out if you haven't already. They do some work on Sky. He's a Southampton fan and I asked him about him. And basically he said... Um, he's he's been impressed with him he does still feel that we'll heavily rotate amongst our wide players being that they've got Redmond, Walcott, Gineppo, Armstrong, Ellinoisi and Teller who all have to fit into two positions you know I, I basically responded saying well most of those have failed for multiple seasons now so surely it's this guy's turn and he said yeah you could be right but you know I think Armstrong's injured at the moment um, Gineppo just I mean Missing open goals and stuff, surely players ahead of him. Redmond and Walcott, they're, they're bigger names, aren't they, I suppose, at least in England. Um, but yeah, I think we've done him to death. He could be worth a gamble. He could be worth a gamble. And if he plays one in two games, maybe that's still value, especially if he throws in the odd goal against some of the weaker sides. I did notice, you know, I watched, I ended up, watch, I went down some sort of tunnel where I was watching all his highlights and stuff, and I noticed that he is a very, he does like to shoot a lot, doesn't he? And he gets right up in advanced positions, so. I mean, that that's good to me. I mean, I see, I see a lot of people going with Damari Gray um, for Everton. And I can understand why, to cover the captain games and stuff like that is an easy way you don't have to have Calvert-Lewin. But I wouldn't say that Damari Gray is any better than Elian personally. personally, um, in terms of his position on the pitch. Maybe I'm just being crazy. But is Damari Gray someone you've looked at? Because I think he's another option that a lot of Sky managers are going with just to cover off Everton, basically.
1: Yeah, I was hoping you would ask me about this. And you had a good start, but... He's been in the Premier League before. He's shown very little to, to demonstrate that he's going to you know, continually return. Um, he's not got anything else outside of attacking returns either. And he's not someone who loves taking on shots, mm. as far as I can see. I had a quick look um, at his expected goals from the first from the last couple of games. Obviously, he scored in the last couple of games. Yeah, still poor. Um, really, I think he had 0.14 against Brighton. Um, and in the game before, it was zero point zero six. Despite scoring in both games, so yeah. it's not it's not high. I mean, that's a small sample size. Obviously, we're we're operating on small sample sizes across the board right now because we've only had three games. Yeah. Um, but he does listen. He looks better. He passes the eye test um, in comparison to where he was before. He's mm. cheap enough. He offers an alternate alternative route into that Everton team. But for me, you've got a dominant Calvert Lewin who's now taking penalties as well. Mm. Who's greedy. Loves to shoot. Like if you go for Gray, uh, and he outscores Calvert Lewin, I feel like you've run the gauntlet a little bit, and you've got you've got pretty fortunate because yeah, I don't I'm, think I'm that's going to happen. I
0: think that's that's I think that's really bad play. I see a lot of people doing it. I think it's a bad idea. But bad ideas can work all the time because it's a one-off game, right? In that game, yeah. Gray could easily score, and it, you know if you get away with it, it's a master stroke because you've avoided the whole Calvert Lewin issue. You've got all your captain points, and probably the rest of your team's better as a result. Um, but I think in terms of bookies' odds, everything else. Calvert Lewin on the, on these these games, you know, he generally just gets the one goal shots on target, ten points. That's like a twenty pointer straight away. Possibly could get more in those games, and then it doesn't really matter what, what else you've done in your team if you've gone grey and he just gets the four pointers. Captain, that's a big loss of like 18-20 points off the straight straight away, and. Everton have got a sustained good run for me with a lot of good home games, so I don't know if I'd want to use him again because you might want to use him again. For example, home to Norwich you can do. I think there's an away to Wolves one if you would, were, were to keep him in your team for longer. So you, you could arguably end up having grey in, in the picture for two captains or even three, which I don't feel comfortable with personally. Um, I get it, but I, yeah, it's, it's not one for me. Um, is there any other players you wanted to throw my way that you've been sort of heavily yes or knowing? And I... Th- I'm looking at one on my screen, so I'll come. I'll come back to you if you don't mention his name. But yeah, anyone else you want to throw in my way that you've... I've been debating oh. all week?
1: <laughs> so let's uh, let's just go in with the, the hard stuff, right? Because I know this is a question that we've had on on Twitter at least at least a few times. I'm just going to say his name, and I want you to digest. So, uh, and then I want you to talk about it. So, Ferdinand Torres, go on. Give me your thoughts.
0: <laughs> oh God, that's a tricky one as well. Um,
1: He's in, he's in my
0: team, so therefore I'm backing him. My, I get the fear and the fact that... It's the fact that he's quite expensive for a midfielder at 9.1, that therefore you probably have to have a knock-on effect elsewhere in your team. That's my biggest issue with him. I'm not even worried about the fact that he might not play the odd game, which, let's face it, for me to sit here and say he's definitely going to play under Pep, you, you just know I'd be crazy straight away. Um, I do think he'll play the majority. I do think he'll play most of them up front. I could be misguided there, but everything we've seen so far suggests that. So I don't know why that would necessarily change unless Kevin De Bruyne is going to play centre-forward. I think Pep's been happy with him. Um, I, I get that he might even get 17-minute games sometimes, all of that. I'm prepared to ride it for the exact reason that we saw in the last game week, that he can hit a 19-point hole in any game. And I think if you just leave him in, even if he gets benched two, two games in a row... Unless there's, uh, you know, Kevin De Bruyne scoring hat-tricks up front and it just looks like there's no chance. I'm just going to leave him in because he's Man City's striker. They literally have not signed one. He is their striker at the moment. Like, it could change, but right now it's not changed. So I'm going to have him in my team. Uh, I know the fixtures are bad. I don't care. I think Man City can be, can win those games anyway. And the only thing that brings me back to maybe not having it is just that fact I mentioned about the structural issue. If you put that money into him, you probably make a sacrifice elsewhere and then if you then have to come off of Ferran Torres, you probably go lower and then you have more money where you probably want to upgrade a defender. So in the end, it might result in two transfers if it goes wrong. So that's the only thing that's in the back of my mind. But I like him a lot.
1: Yeah, I concur. I like him a lot too. Um, I think Guardiola was given interviews recently and was talking about Torres. And I think he said that Torres had the smell for goals. They you are. So, so personally... If you're offering me someone who's absolutely stinking of goals and is gonna be in that man is gonna be in that man city team and he's gonna be playing up front, then I'm willing to roll the dice. But I do again, and we're coming back to this, we're talking about risk management. This is another risk. So if you're sitting there and all of the players that we've talked about saying he's a risk, he's a risk, he's a risk, if you're counting them up on your hand and you're seeing that you've got all of them in your team, yeah. you're probably needing to just reel back a little bit and, and think about, you know, who's more secure. Who's going to steadily tick along who's going to play every game because if you have too many risks you're going to end up using five or six transfers in the first few weeks but i think educated gambles i think torres fits into that camp it's one and we do have transfers to take educated gambles like that and he's a player that if it comes off he could score hugely if it doesn't come off then you can just shift them on uh, and if you need to find budget from elsewhere let's say Calvert-Lewin comes to the end of his run and you need to find a way of getting him up to a Lukaku or getting him up to a Ronaldo um, or a Kane, you could always move Torres on and, and bring in a cheaper midfielder and then make that shift from there. So I think it does give you options, but I, I would also say that with with Torres, there are other, other City midfielders around the same price um, who might not offer the same level of explosiveness, but are probably going to play more minutes over the course of the season. So like Gundogan, another one who seems to tick over quite nicely. He's 9.3. He's only mm. two point two more expensive. And uh, you've got Jack Grealish, who's actually 0.1 less expensive than him. Uh, and, you know, if any, if the first few games are anything to go by, then Guardiola seems quite keen to just chuck him in the team whenever he can. He's spent a lot of money on him. He's going to want him to play. Mm. Um, and and he's someone who's not been spoken about so much. Um, although he's not set the world alight, but he's still done okay. Uh, and he's only going to get better. So he could be someone who people want to factor in if they do want a city attacking accent. And, and at a lower price as well.
0: I really do like that, actually, because City's fixtures do sort of turn for the better after a few weeks. Um, I'm just going to bring the ticker back up here to remind myself when that is. Um, Yeah, from sort of game week eight, as you can see here, it starts to be Burnley, Brighton, Palace. Now, this little period here is arguably the worst time to buy Torres because we've got Champions League mixed in, which could affect it. I'd love to have seen what happened to Torres around Champions League. I think he's in their best team, so I think he's probably going to play in the Champions League, and then as a result... You know, will he maybe miss out on the games? Now, right now, I still don't think so because they don't have a striker, and Kevin De Bruyne's not fit. But maybe in the future, he plays Kevin De Bruyne up top in the Champions League. So anyway, yeah. my point is the fixtures change around game week, so I think you can go with Ferran Torres. Yeah, it either works or it doesn't in these first four games, and then you can move on, like you said to Jack Grealish, who I imagine will be pretty safe. And then City have got a sustained period. Now, I don't, I'm not crazy about Jack Grealish as an option, really, but. You know, if he's gonna be playing in the Man City team and he's gonna be playing every week, then I'd have no doubt that he's gonna get a load of points just as a result. Like I, I don't see how he won't. And he's already shown this, Right, He's only just sort of been fitting in, but already you've got an eight pointer versus Norwich, seven versus Arsenal. You know, that and they were you could argue almost a little bit fortuitous. But I, I think he's gonna get a lot of points as he carries on. He's just gonna tick away and if he's all you need to be doing is playing and for Man City and that's what he's doing. And you mentioned others there, Gundogan, Rodri. I think you can then switch at game week Kate if Torres is just too much for you to take. Um, so I, I, yeah, I really like it. I can't see myself not going with it because I'd hate myself more if he smashed it and he wasn't in my team and vice versa. And that's how I keep coming back to his, <laughs> I feel like I'll take the pun. Um, I'm going to throw one at you then as well that I've spent quite, two actually, but I'm, I'll go with the first one from Chelsea, which is Christensen. Now he's given me sleepless nights. Should he be? Should he just be in my team and I shouldn't be worrying about it?
1: Um I'm talking about in bed and Christensen's been in a couple of bats, but 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 again, again, it's another one that I think he's I think he's fine for now. I think he's gonna play. Um he's in their best team. I think the fact that they didn't sign the new centre back from from Sevilla yeah. is a good thing. Because if you look at one of Tuchel's recent press conferences, he was Praising Christensen for his ability to play across the back three. Mm. So against Liverpool, when they got the sending off, they brought on Thiago Silva. And I think Christensen actually went to the right centre back position. And he's probably the the main coverage as well, if I'm not mistaken, for Rudiger on the left, too. I think so, he's about yeah, the only he's one
0: who got... can play on the left if they have to, yeah.
1: Exactly. So so he's part he's part of that rotation at Chelsea, and I'm not expecting to play every game. But I do think he's got as good a chance. Um maybe not as much as Asperta or Rudiger. They're probably going to be more nailed on. But I think he's the next best option. So I think he's probably priced fairly. Would I rather have Asperquetta for this for the you know the fact that he's nailed on and the consistency? Yes. Would I rather have Rudiger? Yes. But if I can't afford them, is Christensen a decent folly? I would say he is. So yeah, I think I think on balance he's he's a good option. But again, I would just be a little bit I would I would just you know caveat everything with, he may be rotated, but that's part of the normal process of being a Chelsea defender. Uh, and that's why all of us don't have Alonso in our team, um, but less so with Alonso because you've got the looming threat of uh, of Chilwell who could directly replace him. Uh, and if he loses his spot, then that's that. But I think Christensen, he's got three places to play for. Uh, and really, there are four good setbacks backs going into three spots. So as long as he can beat one of them, I think he's in. Uh, and there's also the chance that Azpilicueta at times, plays right wing back to cover for to cover for Rhys James. So there's going to be, I think there's going to be plenty of game time for Christensen.
0: Yeah, I do agree. I think he's played the vast majority since Tuchel took over. To be honest, and it's hard to gauge it because Thiago Silva got injured, which he often does towards the back end of last season. But he's just played so well. So I think that's that's sort of come come into his thinking as well. He's, if anything, it probably surprised him how well he's done. Thiago Silva came off the bench the other day, um, looked fine, played well. For me, it comes down to the Champions League. Does he want to play Thiago Silva in Champions League games or the Premier League games? Because I don't think he's going to play that many this season. He is really getting on. Um, and ideally, they both play in the same position, right? They're both of their best position is right in the yeah. centre of that back three. So for the Champions League game, does he play Thiago Silva and therefore that benefits Christensen? Or does he play Thiago Silva the game before the Champions League in order to play Christensen? I think Tiago Silva would probably going to play the Champions League games. That's where I'm thinking at the moment. I don't know that for sure. And like you said, Christensen could then actually slot into the right centre-back spot if Aspilicueta gets the odd benching. So let's not forget he is 31 years old as well or whatever and uh, I know he was um, one of Tuchel's favourite but he, I don't think he'll, um, he'll play every game either. Um, Reese James, as we saw last season, even ended up playing in the back three occasionally. So people I think forgot that he can actually play there and he played he played Aspilicueta as right wing-back. I think it depends on the opponents they're facing.
1: Um, and, and I agree. I, I was... I was just going to say that. Sorry, on top of what you just said about Thiago Silva, I'm going to pull out a really lazy cliche and say uh, Thiago Silva is what 36, 37 years old.
0: Mm.
1: Is he going to want to play him in the at the intensity of the Premier League, or is he going to want to play more in the Champions League? But they've got, but he can still say it's important. But they've got games like they've got Malmo and they've got Zenit in that group. Yeah, um, that's They've got Juventus opinion, as well. But
0: and also the yeah. fact because he's such a big name player, it's almost like. Um, it would almost be that's what Tiago Silva would want to play. If they said to him, you know, you want to play, what would you choose? I don't know if this even goes on, it's all hypothetical, but I feel like Tiago Silva would have given the choice because his games were going to be managed. He would prefer to play the Champions League. Could be talking rubbish, but that's what I would think. Um, so, yeah, I think he's worth a go because he's a 1 million saving over Aspera Quetta. And again, it's what you can do elsewhere. If it was, say, Aspera and Illinois for example... Uh, versus Christensen <laughs> and then maybe up to Conor Gallagher. I'd feel a lot safer with Conor Gallagher, even though he's not as sexy but you get the point it's what else you can do with the money yeah. Um, yeah. so yeah uh, I, I, I do like Christensen I think he is an option um, annoyingly I think this week we're not really going to get the info are we because Reese James is suspended so I think maybe Aspa Laquetta will actually play right wing back and Christensen might play right centre back and Thiago Silva might play in the middle of the back three in preparation for the Champions League I think that's might be what happened, but obviously we've got hudson Adore who could play right wing back as well, or he could throw in uh, Shabaloa as well. I don't know. But I've got the passing stats up on the screen here, as you guys can see. So total passes, successful passes, is sorted by per 90 for the three games so far. So yeah, caveats of limited data. But as we can see, uh, the top players there, obviously of the ones that are going to play, Laporte's dominating right now, absolutely smashing it. Um, again, if you told me Laporte was nailed, straight in my team at that price. Don't know that for sure. Webster, there—that's why he's part of a lock. Obviously, Mendy. We're not going to talk about that. Uh, Soyen Chu is right up there for fourth position. Um, I think a lot of that was due to that one game. I can't remember if it was—it was versus now, but he got about 90 passes in 40 minutes, um, which was a bit shocking. Now he does—he does do good for passing, but um, I don't think it will remain that high because Leicester sometimes don't even make it. I think, he, I think he'll drop down a little bit. Uh, and then we've got Diaz. Obviously, understand why everyone's got him. The usual likes of Man City and Chelsea. And Christensen's right there. Ch- Chavello is probably not going to play. Carl Walker had played limited minutes there, so it's per 90. So, Christensen's right in that top echelon, just as Thiago Silva last season was the very top of the tree. Last season, when he played the majority of the minutes, he was right at the top. So, I don't think there's any doubt in my mind that he is picking up Tier 2 passing in nearly every single game. Um, so, you know, does it matter if he doesn't play? He gets a zero, 0 if he then gets 10 ten. Zero zero ten ten is the same as five 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 five, which you'll probably get from a less good option. You know, if you go Dunk, who's a great option, I think you're more far more likely to get a string of fours and fives from Dunk. And then you could just get a zero zero ten ten from Christensen. Does it matter? I don't think it does if you're not looking to captain him, and that's my caveat. If you're not looking to captain someone who's at three o'clock and you don't know whether they're gonna play then it does not matter if they miss the odd one when they're that good of an option. Probably not.
1: Yep, totally agree and I think that's where we talked before about where with the city defensive options could you have gone for a cancelo to get a million saving over diaz you probably could you Mm. probably could um but i think the difference with this situation is is azpilicueta going to play every game probably not is diaz going to play every game absolutely yes and then if you look at the saving that you can get yes Christensen might not play quite as much as azpilicueta but is he going to play enough to probably justify the saving i think so when it comes to Cancelo, he's going to play obviously less than Diaz, but is he going to play enough to, to justify the saving? I don't know. So, so I, th- I feel like the, the Christensen debate versus Aspilaqueta versus, I say, a Diaz Cancelo debate, I'm tending to lean more towards Christensen rather than saving the money from Diaz yeah. and Cancelo. Well, also, if that makes sense.
0: It's because of the captain as well, right? With Man City, you don't get to see the lineup. You want a captain a Man City player because you might not have any other Man City players in your option. Ferran Torres may have failed everyone else is too expensive you don't know who's going to play so you have Ruben Diaz so you need your Man City player to be playing right as the captain if you need a three o'clock captain and you're not seeing the lineup and you're putting on a Man City player you're paying for Ruben Diaz to make sure he plays and that's why he's probably worth it whereas with the Chelsea defenders yeah you might want to captain a Chelsea defender but I feel like we'll probably have Lukaku for the games you want Chelsea and if not you've got Rudiger there where you just think well he's more than likely to play so yeah I think the captain discussion is important when we talk about that uh, I'm gonna throw another name at you actually around this because this lends into it around captains and defenders. Is Trent Alexander-Arnold now the guy's stats are through the roof again? If anything, they look better than usual. You know, Van Dijk is now back for Liverpool. You can even ask, uh, even say that Trent's role when Elliot's been at the team at least is a little bit more infield, where he's getting more passes because he didn't always get passing. So it looks like he could potentially get even more there. So he's probably the best option he's ever been in his career and yet he's not in my team. (laughs) Should we have him?
1: Uh, I mean, if we had an unlimited budget, he'd 100% be in my team. The games are good. I think it just, I mean, I feel like you're you're teeing these up for me perfectly. You just talked about the importance of having someone from City who you can guarantee is going to start to captain. Mm. I think when it comes to Liverpool, Salah's going to be the highest on player in the game. And so... Salah, really, where you've got a good game for Liverpool, so you, I know you've got Brentford and Palace I think in the first couple of weeks, mm. and you've got Leeds, obviously, in that single match day. You're going to want to probably captain Salah before you would captain Trent, and I think that's, that's possibly the issue for a player of Trent's price. Do you want to skew your whole team towards having a huge premium defence, assuming you're also having the likes of Diaz in there, just for someone who you're not going to captain at all? And I know that makes them crazy because the guys, as you say, stats are off the charts yeah he looks like he could get assists he could you know it's a goal threat um but just i think it's it just boils down to that it just simply boils down to that if there's a player of that price they need to be a captain option for me
0: yeah it kind of falls into the bracket of antonio doesn't it fantastic would love to have him but do i need yeah. him you know unless he's scoring a goal every week which i suppose he could start doing uh the answer i guess is no which is of weird because I do really fancy him in these next few games I think he could do something I mean you got to think he's going to do anything every game he's number one for chance created of all players do you know what I mean there's no doubt an assist is coming in the next two or three games it's inevitable um, I suppose at least with that- Trent the fact that he doesn't always get the passing bonus means that he's not quite as good as an option as he is in other games because obviously Van Dyke for slightly less for example could arguably beat him on quite a lot of games in the games he doesn't get an attacking return Um there is that, I suppose, but I, I think there's an... Here's, here's one for
1: you then. Go I'm going to give you a quick scenario, right? Do, okay, so who scores more in this this run of five games, right? So Manchester City, let's talk Diaz. You You've got Diaz. Yeah. yeah, there we go. I'm going to Think about it. You've got a few seconds before i finish reading that. I already think I know the answer.
0: You're going to compare <laughs> Diaz to Trent Alexander-Arnold, right, from the beginning.
1: That's what I'm going to do. Yes, I'm going to say yeah. City've got Leicester away, Southampton at home, Chelsea away, Liverpool away, Burnley at home. Uh, Liverpool've got Leeds away, Palace at home, Brentford away, City at home and Watford away. So, who scores, who scores more in that run of five games? And if Trent's going to score more, which I assume you're going to say, does he score, you know, highly enough to justify starting with him instead of starting with Diaz?
0: This this is what I've been, you know, I've been running this exact scenario through my mind because I see a lot of teams with Diaz and I'm thinking, oh, how can I get an edge on people here? Do I need Diaz? Because as much as I said Man City need a captain option in the future, I don't think you need them for the games we've got planned at the moment. You could arguably captain him on some of the days, but he's not the standout for me on most of the days. So in my mind, I thought, right, well, I can save some money here because... You know, you might get passing in some of these harder games. I don't doubt that you will. But will he keep a clean sheet away to Chelsea, away to Liverpool? You'd, you'd probably say no, right? I mean, they could do, but you'd probably say no. Um, and Trent and Alexander-Arnold, I think the games are slightly better. In, in fact, apart from the Man City game, I think they could get a clean sheet in maybe three or four of the games. Leeds, Palace, Brentford, Watford. You can argue they could get a, you know, three or four clean sheets out of that. And then if Trent is going to go crazy with assists and goals like I think, then yeah, I maybe think he did, he could. But like you said, it comes down to I am going to want Diaz later on. So I know at some point I'm going to have to transfer this guy in. And is it going to be enough to warrant me having to spend that transfer later on? And then, and then it's a hard decision, right? Because every weekend i to be like, right, this has got to be the week I've got to do Trent to, to Diaz, which isn't a nice feeling to do. And yeah, you could wait for a game where it's a Saturday-Sunday split, but it's debatable. So I've come back around to... What you said at the start, just having Diaz and saving the transfer, but I don't know if it's hundred percent the play. I'm not hundred percent sure yet.
1: It's tricky. It's another one to think about. But yeah, until this conversation, I just blindly—I think because I'm so used to it now—got my team up, and the first name of the team sheet was Diaz. Mm. Chucked him in, and just built the team from there. But actually, maybe taking a step back, it's, it's not the—it's not the—it's not the obvious maybe not the obvious choice no. for someone who's not played Sky for so long.
0: No, and if you have to use a transfer, right, from Trent to Diaz later on, is it the end of the world? I just talked right at the start that I'm happy to use transfers in the areas where I think players are gonna get me points. And and to be honest, that is one of the areas that is a, a top level option in Sky, these top level centre backs and and you know, right backs in Trent's case, but they get you massive points. So I don't it's not necessarily the worst thing in the world. So I think that's something to think about. Might be a B team one again. Throw that out there. <laughs> but I do I do really like it actually. Um we're gonna have to answer some questions, We've been going nearly an hour, up, so I'm gonna throw one more name that I didn't see in the questions, which is me probably being mental, and that is Yannick Vestergaard. <laughs> right. Tell me, am I being nuts? Because when I put my perfect team together on paper, I basically have seven point six million to spend on an option where I'm happy with everyone else, it covers my captains, and I'm like, right, who's around this price? Um and he's exactly 7.6. Now, I know he's not played a game, so it's very hard to answer. But you just saw Soinchu's passing stats, right? He's in the top four per 90 for passes. We know that Leicester get passing quite a lot. Vestergaard got it at Southampton a lot. I think he'll get passing at Leicester. I don't think there's any debate there. I don't think he'll get it every game, but I think he will come in with passing. And when you have a player at that low price, who can get passing, they interest me. Okay. Leicester are a decent side. I know they don't always get clean sheets. They're looking pretty poor at the moment. But I do feel like once they've got a lot of their players back, maybe they're in a back three, whatever, they're going to churn out the odd clean sheet here or there. And we know Vestergaard is a huge threat from set pieces. I I know it didn't always go in last season. In fact, quite a lot of the time he'd hit the bar or miss. But there's no doubt in my mind this guy can hit five or six goals in a season. For 7.6 million, I think he's a decent option. And I'm strongly considering just having him. My... He hasn't played the game that's the that's the thing that worries me yeah
1: yeah i mean he hasn't played a game as far as i'm aware he's still not back to full fitness yet yeah, he might be back in training
0: no i think that basically yeah. the noise was he'll be back after the uh, international break but we've heard that before right we are obviously yeah. have to wait for the press conferences
1: but yeah yeah so it sounds to me like there's a couple of deep concerns already that right? you don't know how he's going to slot into that team you don't, I mean, I'm sure he'll play. They've spent money on him. He's a good player. He will play. Um, but I, I just feel like starting with a player, you can see these these injuries. It's a, I'm pretty sure it's a knee injury as well, right? Yeah, yeah. So injuries like that, they can be quite awkward sometimes. It might take him another couple of weeks to come back and in which, you know, in the same time period you've been sat without a player for a couple of weeks and mm-hmm. then you're sweating over whether he comes back. So it, had he been fully fit and he played the first three games, um, even if Leicester had, done as well as they've done which isn't that, that great defensively um, I would understand where you're going but no I, I'm not on board with that I'm sorry I can't, I can't back you on that
0: <laughs> I thought I did that just because of how tragic he was last season just to see whether I'm addicted to pain or not I think I'm probably addicted to pain that's what I'm considering uh, we'll have to see on that one I, I have I have come to my senses, and he's not in my team currently. But again, he's be another one. I think if I just mention enough players and they do well, I can go. Ah, I told you so. That's why I'm doing this. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I strongly have considered them though, and I guess we'll see. The games aren't that great, but I think maybe in the future, you know, we want all these expensive forwards and stuff. Maybe you could come into the four because you mentioned some of these cheaper midfielders that we've got in our teams at the moment or in and around the conversation, like Ben Rahmer at 7.8, you've got Saar 7.8, you got, got Conor Gallagher. At 7.8, right? These guys could fail, right? They could just go off the boil. They could not be options. And then suddenly we're going to need more money in midfield maybe for the likes of, you know, Tielemans, who's a good option, I think. Um, James Ward-Prowse, I think, is a great option. Gundogan, there's lots of other options, slightly more expensive, that could actually be a lot better value over the course of the season, I think. And therefore you're going to have to, to find some money elsewhere. So then suddenly can you go Aspilicueta, for example, who may be not be playing every game at that point, to Vestergaard, who's nailed on for almost 2 million less and can also pick up passes. Up. Do you know what I mean? That, again, hypothetical, but I think maybe in the future he's one no. to keep an eye on.
1: I agree, I'm not rolling him out down the line. He's a big goal threat. If Leicester's fixtures are good, they do tend, they're quite predictable Leicester, I find, when it comes to passing. Mm. Um, you know if they're playing as a team that doesn't like the ball they tend to do alright if they're playing against a team that keeps possession they, they don't get passing so if they've got a good run of games maybe they get an individual captain CD he's a threat from set pieces he sometimes picks up tackles yeah I, I can see it but yeah. not, not now not now no way <laughs> well that, that's the one I was going to touch
0: on as well there with the captains is Leicester they're kind of annoying because if they have an individual captain day you think they're a good enough team where you want to captain them but yet you don't really like any of their options So I think he could maybe fit that bill. Because we've been there before, right, where you... Yeah, there's some teams where they have a Monday night game where it's, I don't know, Norwich versus Burnley, for example. And you go, well, I'm just going to ignore that. Everyone's going to ignore that. But if it's a Leicester versus Burnley game, you're thinking, oh, I probably want a Leicester player, to be honest, because they could go mad on that day. (laughs) And Vestigar might fit that role later on. Um, Yeah, I'm going to get to the questions then, unless there's anything else you wanted to cover before we moved on to them now.
1: No, I think we're probably quite quite good. We've, we've gone through a lot. I'm sure there'll be things that come up in the questions that we haven't covered yet. So I'm let's talk about that. And a second. lot of them we may have yeah. spoke
0: about already. So um, Ben, FPL Ben on the screen there. How many Chelsea assets do you plan on starting with considering the fixtures and if so, who? Um, so yeah, I'll send that to you first now.
1: Yeah, okay, good question. Um, I think I think at the moment I'm, I've got two and the I think Rudiger, someone who everyone's been looking at, um, I think I'm also considering, if Lukaku was to be in my team, then obviously he, he'd he be I'm the, the other. I don't know if he's going to be immediately, but looking at the fixtures, Chelsea seem to be playing early on in the game week, quite frequently, so it's difficult to find an opportunity to bring Lukaku in. So Yeah, there's almost you are, nowhere
0: there virtually, you literally have to, well, from what I've looked, if you want him from the start of his good run home to Southampton then you were going to need to take out either Ronaldo home to Everton or maybe leave some money in the bank and bring up Calvert-Lewin, who's away to Man United, to Lukaku. And that's what I've looked at doing the, the Calvert-Lewin move, which is not ideal because you're not getting that extra game right. So part of me has thought, do it's, I just start yeah. with him? Which is what you're thinking there. Maybe I'll do.
1: It, exa- exactly my point. And it's, but the, the problem with doing the, the, the Calvert-Lewin move is it's an awkward one because you're taking him out before he plays. And then also... Everton have got another single match day coming down the line. Yeah, so,
0: and the
1: game's decent. I think they play Watford the week after or something. They, it's another decent game. Yeah, I think. Yeah, so I think they've got Wolves. Wolves have gotten this single matchday as well. They've got Watford before that, possibly. So, so it's it's not easy. So I think it's a bit of a make or break decision. If you're going to go with Lukaku, if you back him, if you think he's going to if he's going to continue to play as well as he did in that, that Arsenal game, then you're going to have to pick him this week because it's going to be a while before you can bring him in without. Really doing something awkward that, that could bite you. Um, the, the, the period that I've earmarked potentially bringing him in if I don't start with him um, is after the, the double header head. that Arsenal have yet. Yeah. Yeah. So Arsenal got double header starting on Monday, the 18th of October, at home to Palace. Um, they've then got the next game, um, which is the Friday night on the 22nd against Villa. So possibly you could take out one of the strikers that you've got going into that and then you could bring Lukaku in for a beautiful home fixture against Norwich on the 23rd of October but we're now sat here at the start of September everyone's excited about the signing of Lukaku and I'm telling you that the earliest you can probably have him without doing strange things to your team it's the 23rd of October that doesn't sit comfortably with me so yeah I'm thinking about ways that you could start with him but it'll all depend on how many of those big strikers I go with to begin with and if it's if it is three, then and I move from Calvert-Lewinson to Pickford, then I'll have him. But if not, then I'm going to be riding without. But I think, I think I'm looking at looking to at Chelsea potentially having a defensive double up. If don't go for for Lukaku, um, but I think I would say that most teams should should probably have one Chelsea asset, like given how good they look and the defense is solid as well. And you could even make a case for Jorginho in the midfield to go alongside that too. So, yeah. Sorry, that maybe wasn't a clear answer, but the answer is no. I'm, I'm not, not that agree. sure. Probably, probably two.
0: Yeah, I'm I'm on two as a minimum. Like, I'm definitely having Rudiger, and I'm definitely having one of Christensen and Aspeli but i might have all three and then also we mentioned mendy i'm still very much looking at mendy in fact you can see my yeah. this is my b team currently on the screen right here and you can see i've got four chelsea assets mendy, Christ- mendy Christiansen rudiger asper now the plan with the b team is not really to focus on captains or anything it's just to leave a team and i think will do well over a period and i think at the end of the day i've got four chelsea options and even if three of the four play over this next period i'm going to relook at the b team you know after after chelsea's great run and we're hoping you know, people have spent a load of transfers, they've swapped people in and out for captain days, and here's me just collecting my 10 points every week for, you know, four players, is, is the, the theory there. So I think two is a minimum in the A team, um, but I might have three. And just to touch on the Lukaku thing, just to summarise, I think you either go Lukaku at the very, very start because he plays on the same days as Ronaldo. So I almost think it's a decision between Ronaldo and Lukaku. Now, I'd argue Ronaldo is a better option for the first three weeks, but Lukaku is a better option after that. So I feel like you can choose between them. So I've Lukaku from the start. You either go Calvert-Lewin to Lukaku on the day that Man United play at Everton and don't get an extra game, which I'm not particularly comfortable with, but you could do it because it might... You know, Calvert-Lewin scoring against Man United, I know he, he actually did that last time, but Lukaku's home to Southampton. I'd strongly favour that. Or you do what Niall says, and then you look at the game after the Arsenal double where you can, you can daisy-chain it, right? You can bring in Aubameyang for two games, and then you can switch him to Lukaku, home to Norwich. And I think that probably makes the most sense on paper, but then you miss out on Chelsea playing Southampton and Brentford. Um, can you cover him with a defender instead? Yeah, quite possibly. So it's a tricky one. I think he's a very big decision, Lukaku, actually. And and we've also got this news now. He might even have a thigh injury or something. I don't know if you saw. So we're, we're going to have to wait Let's for that. see...
1: Yeah, again, one to monitor. I don't think it sounds like it's hugely serious, but we don't know, so yeah. wait and see on that. But yeah, I think uh, as it stands, I've not got Lukaku, but I'm trying to figure out a way of, a way of finding a way, of, at, least of, at least of having it planned that I'll bring him in at some point, yeah. because I, I don't want to go for a long, long, long spell when he's got great games, starting with that, game without a Southampton game, because you're just going to get hurt.
0: Yeah, and I'm sure there are other options. I listed the three that are in my mind. I mean, I'm sure there's ways you can go Antonio to him, for example, or whatever. Uh, let's move on Mark Sky FF he says are we looking past Marcus Alonso great prize seems to be a favourite of show even if he was to miss a game or two every now and then which is what I was saying with Christensen to be fair for what he offers going forward good chance of cleans bonus surely worth a punt uh, I am just going to come right out and say no not for me I don't I, I at the moment I just don't think he'll play enough because I think Ben Chilwell's too good of a player to miss out and Alonso as well as he's playing at the moment, he can't defend. It's just bottom line, he cannot defend. And I feel it's only, we're only one or two mistakes away, which could happen at any point before Chilwell goes back in. That's my thoughts. I could be totally and utterly wrong. And if Marcus Alondo plays the vast majority at that price, then he's arguably the best option in the game. So I could, I could see that I could be wrong, but I wouldn't be going there.
1: Yeah, same as me. I think Chilwell, obviously Chelsea spent a lot of money on him and I think, he, I think I'm, I'm pretty confident that he's going to return as the, as the first choice eventually. Alonso's been playing well, but as you say, he's capable of being exposed. He tends to get exposed more when they play a four at the back. So yeah, if he ever slots in at left back, then he, gets, he normally plays terribly. But in the wing back, he is good, so he, he might hold on to the position for longer than you expect. So I, I'm not going to come out and say absolutely not, but... I feel like you're probably you're, you're you're probably earmarking a transfer for somewhere between two and fifteen weeks. So if that's what you want to do and you think it's worth the risk, then then certainly you could go for it. But um I do feel more confident in even Christensen than I do in, in Alonso.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I I totally agree. He, I mean, again, it might not be worth it. He might play the next two and score and get assists and everything, and it's like, wow. Well, when he doesn't play, you take him out and you just run with the points. Fair enough. Because if he'd done that on overhaul, he'd have been absolutely laughing. Um, I I, I did see some comments. And i, I did, you'd have to Google them now around uh, Chilwell when he when he finished with England. I think he I don't know if he picked up COVID or whatnot. Maybe I have made that bit up, but there was some sort of injury or maybe it was COVID, and then he went on holiday. And it very much looked like the comments from Chuchel were essentially like he could have come back sooner if he wanted to into training and he's not really, he's gone on holiday so screw him, we've worked with the players that we've got and Alonso's here and committed and he's playing well. So to me those comments were almost like yeah Chilwell you've messed up essentially, he wasn't happy with his attitude there. So there could be something in it where Marcus Alonso just stays. But the same the same way that suggests to me that Chilwell is his preferred option, and he's just not he's upset with his attitude at the moment. And presumably Chilwell will sort that attitude at some point, right? <laughs> and therefore he comes back in. So maybe I'm maybe I'm uh, you know reading too much into that, but Chilwell was his preferred choice in the big games last season. And so has anything changed? They haven't played any games between now and the summer, so it'd simply be an attitude thing. That's all I can think of. Um, right let's move on Craig Kemp with midfielders do you prioritise players more likely to get tiers or club or club mates with higher oh club mates okay so isn't he comparing them to the others with higher upside for goals and assists thinking Suchek versus Benrama, Allen versus Gray Rodri versus Torres okay yeah I get that um, I'm going to say it just matters you judge every case on an individual basis and I'm going to hand over to I'm going to hand over to you now.
1: yeah I, th- I think so too I mean um I'd rather have Ben Ramo than Sucek. Um, I'd probably rather have Torres than, than Rodri. And what was the other one? Uh, Alan, Alan or over Gray? Yeah. So uh, Gray. Mm. Yeah. I'd probably go for Gray as well. I mean, I don't like Gray that much, but I'd probably have Gray over Alan. So, but on those three, it probably looks looks like I'm favouring players that um, are more likely to get attacking returns than to tick over in bonus. Mm. But at the same time, if you ask me whether I wanted, um, say, Gilmore or a, or someone else I thought Cantwell. you could even probably name any at yeah there you are Cantwell yeah yeah Gilmore or Cantwell or did I want um, Indidi or Madison I'd probably go for and Gilmore so yeah absolutely right same what you say case by case basis and I would just have a look at the the passing numbers from each of those players that are tend to be a bit cheaper and tend to take along quite nicely like Indeedy. Uh and if and if you think that that's something that they can do for the longer term then, then do it I've not seen enough from the players at that, at that price range, the kind of the low sevens, the kind of the bonus magnets Mm. we used to have in the past. Mm. I don't think there's been one so far that's emerged that looks like an absolute must have. I know we had the Gilmore Gander a couple of weeks ago. He didn't do that well against Leicester. It's one game and he did dominate the ball against uh, Moldova for Scotland. But I'm not looking too much into that either. (laughs) So, you know, he could be an option. In that, in that kind of bonus magnet space. But I don't think there's a standout bonus option that's emerged from the first three weeks. Um, and they might they might come forward in the next few. But yeah, I think we've had a chance to have a look at everyone and I don't think that there's a, a standout option there. I I'm not sure if you've had a, a view on that.
0: No, I'm, I'm with you. I mean, I think you prioritise bonus in defence. Strikers, you get shots, which goes hand in hand with goals. So you barely have to think about that one. And the midfield, yeah, maybe I'm a dreamer. I go for the midfielders. I think you're actually going to get attacking points. And I get there are plenty of cases where that's the wrong play because you chop and change them and spend some transfers you wouldn't want to when you could just have Hoiberg last season and just left him in. Probably been fine. You know, Ward-Prowse, you could argue, but he has got a goal threat actually. But for me, this season, there isn't anyone really that stands out. And I get Ndidi's like £7.5 million. And I can see some people going with him. I don't particularly like that So I don't really think tackles are that trustworthy. I think that he may go a few games without getting them. He's actually quite injury prone in DD. There's no one else really around that price that I'd want. The only one I'd say that I like around the area is Connor Gallagher, and I don't think his bonus points are secure either because I don't think he's ever going to get passing. I do think he'll pick up tackles, but he's clearly got an eye for goal, and he's just an all-round really good player. So and he's and he's a lot cheaper. Uh, so, him and Gilmore are probably the only two cheap ones I like. And I know Gilmore's, after his initial thinking, oh, he's definitely going to be on my team. The next two games weren't great. Norwich's run after Arsenal, and maybe even including Arsenal, is actually pretty damn good. I wouldn't be surprised if I'm kicking myself for not actually going Gilmore in a little while. I feel like he's going to mm. get man of the match still in games and, and stuff like that. So. Yeah, but I know the general question was Suchet versus Ben Rahman, Allen versus Gray. For me, I'm with Niall. I prefer the guy who's more likely to get goals. And The bonus points in midfield is always over-egged for me. Even the very best ones, right? So, Rodri, for example, who's going to get passing every game. I'd still prefer Torres on the off chance that he gets more more goals and assists. You know, Even if they were the... Even though Torres is more expensive, I still go with Torres. So that tells you everything, I think. Do you know what I mean? It's... it's yeah, maybe I'm wrong, but that's what I think.
1: No, I'm with you on that. I, I've I enjoy having bonus defenders, but I, I always prioritise yeah. scoring midfielders unless there's someone who's threatening to break the game. Yeah. Um, I think that when you've got, some, for example, last season um, Gundogan when he was playing the deep role, but he was also taking penalties. You know, when you've got someone who can offer you both, or when De Bruyne is is firing on all cylinders again, someone who can give you both bonus potential and consistent attacking returns then yeah that, you absolutely go with that. Yeah. But yeah, i d I don't think I don't think it's clear if there's any budget assets who right. are gonna keep churn out bonus. But Gilmore Gilmore's still in there for me and he he's gonna to threaten to be in my team, I think.
0: Yeah. The only other one I will throw out there is actually Romeo at seven point seven million. He's gone under the radar. He was injured the whole up back end of last season. He was very good last season for this. It's the same manager, it's the same position. Nothing's changed. You know, he came back, he got tackling Tier 2 versus Man United in a hard game, got a five-pointer. Then he got passes Tier 1 versus Newcastle and got a four-pointer. Now, again, I don't think the bonus are guaranteed with Romeo, and the price is a little bit more than I'd probably want to spend for it, but he will tick over with fours and fives in in the hard games, easy games, whatever. So, yeah, he's another one I'd throw in there alongside Conor Gallagher and Gilmore. They're probably the only three I've looked at. There might be others... I mean, there's a DM for Watford who's really cheap and stuff. He hasn't got any bonus yet, but you'd like to think that if he was doing his job properly for Watford, he would start picking up tackles. So I think he's like 5.7 or something ridiculous. So I think he could do really well. Um, But he's not done it yet. Uh, Auto Recluse has said, Guita has somehow found his way into my draft. What? (laughs) WTF is wrong with me? (laughs) Uh, I can can relate to this because I had Guita last season and it was over Martinez. And that cost me oh. cost me probably like a top 30 finish, to be honest, given the difference in points there. Um, yeah. I actually understand this. I understand why he's got him in his team. But you're going to tell me no, because I saw by that shake of the head.
1: No, I want to hear your explanation. I'm intrigued.
0: <laughs> it's not a good one. It's not a good one. Um, I just think, because there's no real standout keeper... I don't think that you need to worry too much about this area, and it is a little bit of a lottery. So, I think that's the first point where it's not going to punish you as much, I don't think, at this stage. 6.6 million is quite cheap. You know, I think that's pretty cheap for him, considering, um, you know, they're, more, they're one of the more established teams in the Premier League. Um, they do often churn out sort of 10 to 13 clean sheets a season, regardless of what you think about them. I know they've changed the manager, but I wouldn't be surprised if they did that again. Uh, he gets a lot of saves, okay? And Palace were annoying for individual match days. They happen quite a lot. So I feel like if you've got him, you can you can utilise him. They've even got one in our planned list at the moment versus Brighton. I know you could just do Webster, I think it is, but um, you, could, you could use him. But more than that, it's to do with the fact that the team now has changed. It's got a lot better. They've signed a lot of good players. Um, their defenders look solid I think Anderson's a really good player the other defender they've signed looks good they're getting high passing numbers Guita gets quite a lot of passes into them and stuff he's more involved and that doesn't affect him for this it does for FPL actually more like it's a bonus. so I just feel like they might be a better team because once all their team is out on paper with Edouard up top come from come from the Scottish League so he must be good right uh, you've got Gallagher in midfield you've got Alisi coming in you've got two good centre-backs now I think he and the fixtures are bad but I feel like they could sort it out and Palace could surprise us and do all right.
1: Yeah, I mean, they could, they could, but <laughs> it sounds like a lot of they could do this, they could do that. I mean, my, the evidence I've got is they've, you know, they've played three games, granted you got the clean sheet against, against Brentford. Um, he, could, he could, he could be okay, but I, I don't know why you would go for him when you could have Sanchez. Uh, Sar for, Sanchez. One,
0: Sar for point 0.1, Sanchez for point.
1: Sar, Sar for point one, but, but yeah. then you've got Sanchez Sanchez, who's actually cheaper, and has a yeah, won't get you know, saves track though, record. will He
0: won't get saves like Guita. Guita will get some saves.
1: Yeah, I suppose he'll get some saves. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, Raya will get some saves. Backman will get some saves. Uh, they're all cheaper. That's <laughs> a, like, a good point. Yeah, I, I think I think fair enough. It it's not. It's not. I'm, I'm not going to be convinced. You can, I appreciate you putting the effort into trying to get on that, but there's no, there's no work, absolutely I, I, nothing you can say.
0: I work really hard at that. Cheers, mate. <laughs> uh, yeah no I, I, haven't, I haven't got him real close I've looked at them though I'll admit that I did look at him briefly there was a brief moment where I, I dreamt up this scenario you just heard where Palace turned into a decent team and he was in my team for about 30 seconds and I, then I just slapped myself and, and took him straight out so uh, yeah I'm going to say a no on that one as well um, <laughs> so we got uh, Mark Edworthy Sky podcast can Bruno and Antonio cover Ronaldo and a 7.8 million midfielder so, yeah, that's, that's probably trickier than it should be for me. I see everyone on Twitter mm-hmm. saying Ronaldo and a 7.8 million midfielder. So I think that's probably what you're going to say and what most are saying. But the fact yeah. that he slipped Antonio in there straight away, you know how much I love that guy. I'm thinking, oh, maybe not, maybe not. Maybe Antonio can do a job there. Uh, this very much depends on what Bruno's output is going to be compared to Ronaldo, though, right?
1: Agree. Um, yeah, I think he, he could. He absolutely could, but I don't really fancy not having Ronaldo if he's going to be captain by everyone and he's he's going to be hunting goals down. You know, the guy's an animal. He's like, we talk about these kind of players who are just primed for fancy football um, and someone like that who's just so single minded not interested really in, 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 in... He's interested in the team doing well, but only through the prism of himself. And he's going to be taking shots... On target, he's going to be trying to score from everywhere. Yeah, I, I'm going to find it hard to go without Ronaldo. But if I didn't go with Ronaldo, then yeah, I think that's a that's a really good point. Well, it's you, the fact that you the
0: striker position, doesn't it? It frees yeah, you up so you can yeah. go. Kane, I do get it. You can go Kane, Lukaku, um, and Salah, for example, right? And you can do that and have Ronaldo in you, and have Bruno Fernandes in the team, and have a decent team. Like it is possible. Mm. It's not a great team, but it's possible. Um, but if you were to do that,
1: if you were to do, if doing, let's say you were to have a big front three and Bruno, you're talking about having, you're probably having Gator and Goal to begin with. True uh, And to be up your, you may as well, you know what, like, LUAC. you might as well just have a, a, a triple up on Crystal Palace defenders, given how good they're <laughs> going to be this season. Well, so say no, he, he does I, yeah.
0: mention Antonio, though, to be fair. So let's say he's yeah, got Bruno, Bruno Fernandes, Antonio, and then he's got Kane and Lukaku. Um, so you do, you still get the Antonio, which I'm terrified of. You still get two rotating premiums, which I think a lot of people are going for. And you get Bruno in midfield. So it's pretty much similar to what like my team, my A-team, is looking like now, except he's got Bruno in midfield. Now, I imagine that means sacrifices elsewhere. My problem is, am I prepared to make sacrifices in defence for Bruno when I don't know how good of an option Bruno is anymore? I mean, I'm sure he's going to be okay. I think we're over-egging how bad he might become. But it comes down to the captains when you got bruno in your team it's because you he's a lot of money and you want to captain him do i want to captain him over ronaldo i mean we don't have any information right now but on the information i do have it's a no i'd rather captain ronaldo so therefore i haven't gone well
1: let's let's look let's if only there was a place that they both played together right and we could contrast and compare the that, output i don't had. think that
0: matters does you think that matters the fact that he's bad for portugal and ronaldo is i don't think that matters
1: well, maybe I've been mean, listening. Okay, maybe not, but they do both play in that team. The system's obviously different, of course. But Ronaldo, if you, you just have to watch them playing together at Portugal to know who they who they they kind of superior in the in the food chain is. Um, and I suspect it's going to be the same story at Man United. I'm happy to be proved wrong on it, but I yeah, feel I don't, like that I don't it's think you are going to
0: be proved wrong on it. Unfortunately, no. it's, yeah, I think it's a
1: risk now to go with Bruno. I don't think Bruno. Is gonna be competing with the likes of Salah um and Ronaldo if Ronaldo was to take penalties off him as well, because that diminishes so much about his game because it takes away his shots bonus, you know, he yeah. scored a lot of penalties last year.
0: I'm happy to be proved wrong, but I can't see any world yeah. in which Ronaldo doesn't take penalties straight away.
1: Yeah. yeah. So worse. so so with with that in mind, does Bruno warrant his eleven point eight price tag? I don't think he does. So no. That's why I think Ronaldo. is probably yeah. more like but but I also think yeah, I agree. We're, we're looking at this only through Ronaldo versus Bruno. We also have to do what Mark's done and highlight that how much more is how much more is Antonio gonna Oh he's gonna outscore, smash every single semif-
0: uh, Ben Rama, season.
1: Ben Rama by yeah. right. So it'll be yeah. Ben Rama versus Antonio. So yeah, there's there's a debate to be had. I think to begin with, I'd probably rather have Ronaldo and Ben Rama than Antonio and Bruno simply because I can then move Ronaldo on to Kane or yeah. I can then move Ronaldo on to, on to Lukaku. Ronaldo's at a I better feel...
0: flexible uh, point where you can switch to others and he's the captain more often than Antonio is. So that's yeah. what it comes down to. And if the captain wasn't in the conversation, then I'd say maybe he's got a point. But otherwise, uh, no. Oh, unless, of course, Bruno's outscoring Ronaldo on a regular basis, which I can't, I can't see it, to be honest. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, right. Good question, um, though. Good question. It's like it a good question. It gets us thinking because I mean, I've looked at. I know that it's not direct comparison, but we just mentioned about Diaz. I'm not going to need him as a captain. I've looked at Bruno or Diaz because they're not that too dissimilar in price. If you can find that a little bit extra, I could actually have four in midfield and start with Bruno to cover Man United's three games. Yeah. Or even have yeah. him alongside Ronaldo. I wouldn't. Don't mean just in case. I mean just completely over Diaz. So, I mean, as bad as Bruno might suddenly become, because Ronaldo's in his team, home to Newcastle, can we really see Bruno getting a bag? I suppose he could do, but I think it's probably more likely that he gets a bunch of points. <laughs> yeah.
1: He's not going to all of a sudden turn into a bad option, but I think his, his appeal was diminished. Yeah,
0: yeah. Uh, Hornet said, how do you stop your head from spinning? Now, I'm going to assume he's not drunk, because I put one leg down to the answer there, that's what I was always told. Uh-huh. Um, I don't know, mate, my head's all over the place if you can tell from this podcast. I'm considering Vestergaard, who hasn't even started a game and Guita and all sorts of players. So, um, ask Niall.
1: Yeah, I would would just say sometimes it's worth just putting your phone down walking away, taking a couple of days out. I've still got time, still got a few days um, and go, put, put something together, put together a team that you're happy with, right? And then work back from there. So, at the moment, I've got a draft that's sitting there. has been sitting there for probably two days now, and I haven't made any changes to it. So, put something together, leave it for a while, go back to it, and if you decide that you want to have X player instead of Y player, then do it. Something I always love doing, and I used to do this all the time for captaincy decisions. So, let's say you've got Kane and Salah both have great days, uh, great great games at home to to did the opposition. I'd flip a coin and I'd say tails is going to be Salah, heads is going to be Kane. And I wouldn't flip the coin to make to, to actually give me the verdict. I'd flip the coin because if it went one way and I wasn't happy with it, I would know for sure it was the other way. Mm. So if you've got one, if you've got the kind of individual decisions that you want to make, you can maybe try that method. But yeah, it's hard to stop your head from spinning apart from taking some deep breaths, meditating a little bit, <laughs> and uh, taking some time taking some time away from the team if you need to.
0: Yeah, I think another good a good scenario is if you look at your team and there's an Arsenal player in it, you know you know something went wrong. Um, Mark SkyFF again. Or has he already given one? I think he did. But anyway, is Jorginho a less viable option now? Chelsea have signed Sal. I don't know how you say that name. Sol, S-A-U-L, the guy from Atletico. Is he more yeah. of a rotation risk or is he the most nailed midfielder for Chelsea? I- I'll answer that one. From I-, I don't know at the end of the day. My gut feeling is that Jorginho is kinder to Chelsea's guy and that Sol will, will fill in. I could be wrong because I think he's a very good player. But the fact that he was being touted around Europe to be sold suggests that maybe something's not quite the same with him, um, I haven't done the research to be fair but I think that the midfield the midfield too, because there is basically two spots there isn't it, Jorginho, Kante and Kovacic, they needed someone else in there they needed a four because that was the one area there a week I think he's been brought in just to help there will be some rotation because there always has been in that area but I think in the main for me it will be Jorginho plus Kante when they're fit uh, Kante gets injured a lot Kovacic will fill in occasionally, and sells there. That's what I think. Could be wrong. I still think Jorginho is a decent option. I think the main thing is the fact that Lukaku's come in and probably, in my mind, taken penalties away. I don't know that for sure. Makes him a less viable. So I wouldn't say it's more Sol. I'd say it's more Lukaku that's negatively affected him. However, still at 8.3 million, he's getting four or five points every week. It's not. It's not terrible. Um, I still think it's okay. I just we talked about it before. If I compare him to say Rafinha. Uh, you know, these, these bonus players versus an attacking player. I'd rather have Rafinha in my, in my team at the moment on the chance he gets the goals assist with the games that he's got. And, again, and if it's not working, maybe bring in Jorginho just to tick in late, tick on later. That's, that's my thoughts.
1: Yep, agreed. Uh, I think that he's still going to be the, the first-choice player. He might get rotated occasionally. I think Sol just offers them a, another option because they only had three midfielders really, with Kovacic, mm. Kante and, and him. You probably you need you need a player for each position. I think that's why he's brought him in, especially with the Champions League. Will it affect him? It might mean that he plays one or two games less, but I still think he's one of the first names in the team sheet and will play most games. He'll play as many games as uh, Lukaku, Rudiger, probably, Aspilicueta. I think he's in that mould. So yeah. I suspect he still plays a lot of games.
0: I also look at Rodri for this, right? Rodri's you know plays a similar role. Spanish defensive midfielder, really good on the ball. I imagine Saul's pretty much the same. I don't know enough about him, but I think that's the case. And Rodri took a while to settle when he came to the Premier League, even though he could, and it, it took quite a bit for him to settle. And I imagine it'll be the same. And it's the old cliche, the pace of the game, right? Um, and I feel like that's what the case would be with him anyway, even if he did have plans to, to integrate him into the team. I think it might take a little bit of time because it is a different style of play. I mean, they get all the time in the world in that in the Spanish League when you're dominating the ball and you're, they like to have it expansive and pass the ball around. You're not going to get that in the Premier League, so I think you would be integrated. Uh, Mark's yep. asked another one. Ferran Torres for City now. They haven't signed a striker. We kind of asked asked that one. Is he the first choice or will he rotate with Jesus with Mahrez? I think our answer is pretty much we think he probably will rotate at some point, but he's firmly first choice and I'm willing to take the punt. That That's where I'm at. Uh, yep. I think that was the same. Uh, yep. James Hyde thoughts on Wolves attacking options again okay, we kind of covered that one with a great fixture on Trincao especially has been unlucky not to have at least a couple of goals he's got a shot bonus and was close to tackle bonus too in the last game is he a decent differential at 7.8 over to you
1: yeah I think he could be uh, again it's not someone who I've looked at greatly I think that the other options around that price you've got uh, Sar and you've got Ben Rama and you've got Andre Gray, so there's a few in there who people are talking about. Um, he could be, he could be an alternative. Andre
0: Gray, yeah, Andre Gray, different player altogether. Sorry,
1: not Andre Gray. So Andre Gray's the <laughs> yeah. striker that plays for Watford, right? Yeah. You yeah. can tell, you can tell it's like. Um, so yeah, so Trinkau looks quite good, but I just I can't see him. I can't see him doing doing brilliantly. Brilliant. I can't see him ripping up trees, but he might be quite nice. as an alternative option. Yeah. They've got good mm-hmm. games as we've spoken about. I think I'd prefer to have Triori just because I think that point one more. He's, right? he's point one more but surely at some point he's going to score and surely at yeah. some point he's going to get a big haul. So I think if I was and he's also he seems to be more prone to getting man of the match. So mm-hmm. yeah, I think I think if I was going to go for a Wolves attacker I'd probably go for Triori over Trinkau but mm-hmm. um yeah, he, I agree. he's isn't not for me. Yeah.
0: I agree. He looks very good. I'll give you that. He does look a good player. Just not a hundred percent sure. I know you've highlighted the fact there that you got bonus twice, or you got bonus once and very close second time. That's good. But they're not sustainable bonuses for me. Tackle bonus again, never know on that, plus he's an attacking mid, they'll be surprised if he's getting that often. Shots bonus, yeah, but I think everyone in the Wolves team's had about a million shots so far. Um so I'm not sure about that. And then for me the other part of it is that when Neto comes back, there's no doubt in my mind that Neto is first choice in that team because he's he is a really good player you've got Jimenez up top and you've got Trial Ray probably for the other slot um, I know they, they can change formation and stuff but for me they generally, generally most teams have three attackers right? so that's Jimenez that's Trial Ray, and that's Neto for me when he's back now I don't know how far away he is and you could argue that that's irrelevant right now but they've also got Podence you know, they have other options that I feel like if Trincao's just not doing it he could come out of the team so it's just not a punt that's worth it to me at this stage Um Okay, we've got another message here. I can't say that name. I'm going to try it. Uh, surname. Pat, Pat Warden? Sorry there, mate. I'm terrible at these sort of things. But he's asked, Banford or DCL? Thanks. I don't know whether this is a Sky or an FPL question. It stinks of an FPL question to me. But I'm giving the benefit of the doubt. And um, Banford or DCL? What are you, what are you saying, Lyle?
1: Um Yeah, I suppose you've got to think of the alternative options if you go one of the other. So I think it's agreed that you're going to need the Leeds option. You're going to need an Everton option. So it's... Bamford, it'll be Bamford and Gray, probably, or DCL and Rafinha, or, yeah, so, or, or an alternative Everton option, is not Gray. For me, I think DCL and Rafinha is probably more appealing to me. I like Bamford, he's good good the goal scorer, he's on penalties again. The run's good, but you're going to have to have, yeah. It, it's the alternative, and I think that Rafinha is also a brilliant option in a position that is quite difficult to find. And I also think that Cooper is a good option um, and is quite cheap as well. And we'll get passing in that in that game that you, you're going to be captaining them in. The yeah. So, yeah, I think I think I'd probably lean DCL, but not necessarily because I think he's a million miles better than Bamford in a direct comparison. Yeah. But I think when you take it in the context of needing a player from each team. You're going to have to have someone else. And I just think the options are deeper at Leeds and are not so deep at ever. Yeah,
0: it's the structural issue. If you're asking who's the best Leeds captain, it's Bamford all day for me. He, he, yeah. as, as good as Rafinha looks, Bamford's far better for actual points. Um, but yeah, it's a structural issue because R- Rafinha could get close. Whereas I don't think many other options could get close, as Niles said to DCL. So that that's why I have actually looked at bringing Bamford in on the Friday night, or even just starting with him because their run is that good, and he offers a lot of captain days where you could where you could pick him, and it could be a really nice differential over the over the template for the reasons we've just mentioned. I don't think a lot of the top players will go for him, so he actually is in, in, you know intriguing to me because I like that. I like to say, oh, how can I get a, a step up against the. The top players, they'll all be captain in Rafinha, where I'll be on Bamford. You know, arguably my Bamford's better than their Rafinha, so therefore I could do well. But it's the sacrifices made elsewhere made me just go back to the default, unfortunately. But it's yeah. an avenue, yep. it's an avenue that I do like. And I, I'm not sure about Cooper, I do like him, he's going to play, but I think Lorente is nailed on when he starts now, at left centre back. And it's whether Cooper's going to take that right spot. when there's Robin Cock, and um, uh, I think he's their main competition, to be fair. They have got a fourth centre back, which name just completely escaped me, but. Um, strike yeah. is it strike strike yeah. that's it thank you yeah I think he was even touted as being their first choice at the beginning so uh, yeah I, I probably wouldn't look there if anything I'd go with Meslier because we don't know who the keeper is if you really wanted a different Leeds option to, to Rafinha because yeah I can argue you can argue Rafinha does does show a lot but not produce a lot um, I think he got six goals like 11 assists last season which is okay but it did feel like he promised so much more Um Tom, SkyFF, he said, Christensen, yay or nay? We've answered that. I think we're both on yay for that. Gilmore, yay or nay? I'm currently on nay, but I'm very open to he is my Ferran Torres get out clause to then get money elsewhere. I'll probably go Ferran Torres to Gilmore if it fails because his other question is, Ferran Torres, yay or nay? Where we've both said yes. So what do you say on Gilmore from the start? Yes or no? Yeah,
1: I think we spoke a bit before. I'm still thinking about him. Um, yeah i'm considering him i I think i think if you're if you've got him in your team go for it if you need someone at that price or less yeah he's a great option i don't think there are many better at 6.9 or whatever he is or less so if you need to have a midfielder in you've only got that in the bank yeah Yeah, he's a good option and they've got i think after the arsenal game they've got like three games in a row that you'd expect him to get bonus in he's still taking set pieces he'll get tackles occasionally he's going to get some man of the match awards I'm probably talking myself back in Tavern. So yeah, he's, he's
0: a he's a he's a gay. Yeah, I do like him. And this lends nicely to Mikey You He says best cheap midfielder to set and forget, please. I think the best midfielder to set and forget is probably Gilmore. I I, I am intrigued by Gallica and I think he could do well. The interesting thing I noticed about Gallica is he actually took some set pieces. He took some corners for Palace yeah. when I looked. And that heightens him for me because I do I know he had tackles a lot last season for West Brom. He is kind of playing, I looked at his heat map, he's playing quite deep, but he's all over the pitch. He's a very busy player, isn't he? He's all up and down on it. So I think the fact that he's playing in a defensive midfield slot means that he, he will get the odd tackle. I don't think goals are sustainable throughout the season, but he'll get the odd one, as we saw. He's a decent finisher, the man of the match. Um, So I, I do like him. I'm just not sure he's worth 0. 0.4 more. Plus, we haven't actually seen how Palace's team is going to look once all their players are back. They've got quite a lot of injuries, like Elise and stuff like that. I'm not hundred percent sure how that will fit his role. Well. I mean, where's Elise going to play? They've got Eze, Zaha. You know, they've got a lot of players. There's now up front as well. I mean, is there even a, a, a you know a chance that he drops out? I don't know. I don't know enough. So one of those two, but I'd probably say Gilmore's the cheapest mid that I'd be willing to set and forget.
1: Yeah, I, I suspect Gilmore is going to play uh, most of the games, uh, and I think it was that last part of the sentence, the set and forget part of that. Suggest that he probably is. I, I still think Gallagher could be good too, and zero point four million is not a great deal between two players that are uh, offer I think different they've got different attributes about them. Um so yeah, Gilmore's the cheapest I would say that you could go to to set and forget. I think we've obviously talked about El Yanusi. I don't think he's a set and forget. I think he's a set and continuously <laughs> think about all the time he's every a forget, week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah so yeah probably probably gilmore's the cheapest set again. forget
0: yeah i don't think there's too many others i know that there's some um, uh what's his name can how much is canos from i saw, saw some people saying about him uh he's 7.2,
1: canos.
0: yeah i'm not convinced he's, that's going to continue i think he had a worldy game week one i know he's been getting tackles in the right wing back slot but again i just don't like to rely on tackles um so i don't particularly like him um yeah I think I think that's as, that's as cheap as I would go. Any any sort of more expensive, you start looking at the Romeo seven point seven and going up, and then you think, well, can I just find that tiny bit more to get the likes of Ben Rama and Saar, um, Stofgaffer, Kyle says Wan Bissaka or Maguire. That's a bit different. Um, I'd I'd say none. <laughs> I don't like either of them personally. I think they're good. I think Wan Bissaka will get tackles. I think Wan- uh, Maguire will get passes. I'm just not sure Man United's fixtures warrant having. A defender, um, Shaw's also nine million. Where you think, well, if I'm going to go for one, I know he doesn't get a bonus, but at least he's going to get set piece threat, uh, the yep. odd assist. And then Varane is actually nine. I think he got passes in one of his games, so I'd probably even be inclined to make the slight saving and get him over any of them. Um, if I yeah,
1: action. yeah. I think between Van Bisschot and maguire I'd probably go for maguire because he's more of a goal threat. And it's probably more likely to get passing. Quite a few, as there, yeah, so as you've said. Passing's i passing's probably more consistently predictable than than tackling is. Um, although United don't tend to get as much passing as. I wonder Sunday if that will big change
0: team. with Varane and, and obviously signing new players. Yeah, I wonder if Maguire is yeah. a sleeper pick. To be honest, he he is scoring a lot of goals recently from from corners. He's always had that in his locker. He just never quite ever found them. But he scored maybe two or three. But some of them for England, are granted. But um, yeah. It's it's just that. When you can get Rudiger and people like that that are even slightly cheaper, who are a more guaranteed passing, and arguably in a much better defence, it's like, why would I go for Maguire? And that's what I always come back to. Um, yeah. Mantle yeah. says, is Torres 9.1 million a better pick than a lot of the similarly priced defenders, i.e. at Man United and Chelsea? Um, so we've said we like Torres and we're probably going for him. But yeah, if you directly compare him, I guess, to the Man United defenders there at 9.1 and the Chelsea ones, so Rüdiger and and uh, Christensen even below, would you argue that the defenders are a better pick than Torres? I
1: think the defenders are probably a better pick than Torres. Um, I think as we've mentioned with Torres, it's probably just the fact that he is playing up front in a, in a team that scores lots of goals and he he's probably got a higher... I'd say, let's go for a direct comparison, say Rudiger up against Torres. Rudiger's going to be a better pick, I think, across the season. But for the next eight or nine separate weeks, say if Torres has continued to play up front, does he have the potential to do what he did a couple of weeks ago and score huge hauls? I think he does. And so I'm getting the feeling that with Torres it might not last all season, but while he's playing in the striker spot, while getting the same points that midfielder gets for every goal, I think he can match them.
0: Yeah. I think yeah can And let's go one step further. Let's say it does last the whole season. Suddenly Torres is outscoring them all well, easily. For me. Yep. Yeah, there so, you go. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I'm going to skip Wilsons because we've done that already. Sorry, mate. FPR hindsight: Is Christensen worth the risk if it means being able to afford Ronaldo, Lukaku, and Salah? Actually, we've done that already. I think yes. So I'll skip that yeah. as well. Uh, Money Mace, how to deal with the two Arsenal single match days? Thoughts on Ben White or Smith Rowe? Thanks. So I'm guessing he means from the off. What's your thoughts?
1: I think if you if you let's say the only time I would bring an Arsenal player, in if it was doing it right now, the only the only occasion I would do that is if I'd already spent a few transfers. Maybe I've spent four or five transfers prior to the overhaul, trying to be aggressive. And you're looking at those single match days for Arsenal thinking, Jesus, I'm going to have to use more transfers there. <laughs> Only in the example that you've used loads of transfers would I start with an Arsenal player. There's too many unknowns. You don't want any of them right now. They're not looking particularly great. Um, and you're going to learn more over the next few weeks before you absolutely need them. So I think most people from the teams I've seen on social media are looking to hold off Arsenal and bring them in when you need them on those double, that double, yeah. captain, double captain days. So yeah, that'd be, that'd be my advice. Um, if I was to go with somebody now, if I had to have an Arsenal player, uh, and I felt like I needed them and wanted them in advance of those games, I'd probably go for Ben White or uh, Smithrow, one of those two. Yeah, uh, just because I think they've looked. They, obviously, Ben White's not played since the first game, but mm-hmm. capable of getting passing bonus, cheap rooted to the team, and Smithrow as well. Yeah, looks like if anyone's going to do something, at the be him.
0: Yeah, I'd, I'd go Smith-Rowe if you wanted to do it personally now. I was originally on Ben White before the season started. I know not much shouldn't have changed, but the way our teams are structured now because of the signings of the forwards and the fact that you want to take your crap players in midfield means for me 7.5, I think Smith-Rowe is, if I remember rightly. Now for me, I prefer him to Indeedee and I see Indeedee in a lot of teams. I'd prefer to chance Smith-Rowe, as I said, bonus versus attacking output. I know Smith-Rowe doesn't really get that much. But I feel like over this run of Arsenal games and the fact they've got those two captains, you could just stick Smith-Rowe in instead of Ndidi. And that's what I prefer to do. Yeah. I don't have either and my choice would be none. I'd be with Niall. I think you just bring one in. You can daisy-chain at that point, right? So in my mind, because Arsenal players are just so cheap across the board, if you don't want to go a Bamiyang, um, or even if, like, say, you wanted to remove one of your expensive tri- strikers to get Lukaku in for that Norwich game, so you could move remove Salah, Ronaldo, Kane, whoever it is that you've got stick in a bamiang and then switch it back to Lukaku for that game I I don't think that's a massive issue and that's I think most managers plan at the moment it's probably a Bamiang that's in mind because at the end of the day he is the most expensive explosive potential as long as he's on the pitch um Dragos Sky FF he says double up on Chelsea defence or even triple seems like a nice opportunity yeah we've covered that I'm on a double right now maybe more and I think Niall's probably on a double too uh, Dragos again, any news on Rafinha? Is he in Brazil or not? I don't believe he's travelled, to be honest, but we're just going to have to wait for news for the experts there. Um, Ryan West, interesting one that we sort of covered a little bit. Is Ruben Diaz essential with no captaincy needed in the upcoming months? And that's what we discussed, right? I'm not 100% convinced he is essential from the start. I do think he is eventually. And it's just whether, for me, you're prepared to book in a transfer to probably later get him you know is there a player you can see out there that is going to outscore DS in the first 10 weeks i don't doubt there will be some that do it but it's a it's a pretty brave punt considering DS will probably pick up four or five points and even get clean sheets in games you don't expect so for me if i was to do it it would either be either bruno fernandes in his place in a weird structural but probably more likely trent alexander-arnold at point one more point one, point one less sorry so i think you can do it i don't think it's a bad decision personally
1: I agree. No, he's not he's, he's not essential, but he's going to be essential. So make your choice. Do you want him now or do you want him later? Yeah,
0: yeah, indeed. Uh, Angus McPhail, is Joel Matip a viable alternative to the more expensive Liverpool defenders, at least initially? I'm going to throw this to you because I've probably got controversial thoughts here and I think I know your answer.
1: Oh, um, no, I, I just think that there are... I know that Gomez obviously seems to be a little bit off just now, and doesn't look like he's going to be getting back to the first team anytime soon. Um And Canate, big signing in the summer. You'd imagine at some point he's going to come in. Matty is injury prone. He probably is going to cover you for a, for a few weeks, but I do I do feel like it's a risk. It's a big it's a big risk. I feel like it's a bigger risk than, for example, go with Christensen, um, who's I think about the same price. So yeah. I, too, too risky for me although will be a great pick if he plays I just don't know if he's capable of, of playing uh, consistently over a long sp- spell I think last season I think he only managed three two or three Premier League games in a row before he got injured and he's already played three Premier League games so maybe he's hopefully he's not but maybe due in another injury mm-hmm. at some point soon and the last thing you want is for someone to get injured so early on picking injury prone players I've done that in the past and it always backfires but yeah. you might it might get lucky, you might, might manage to stay injury free this season, but I'd be very surprised if he manages it for, yeah. for the long run.
0: Just just to counterbalance it, because I think I'm probably going to end up going the way Nile's gone. But at that I think that price is ridiculously good. You can see on my screen up here, I've actually bought up XG for the first three weeks of the season. Um, and again, it's tiny, limited data. But as you can see there. Uh, Matip is in the top five defenders for expected goals now he is a real threat from set pieces whenever they lift the ball mm. in, everyone knows that Van Dijk's their main threat and as a result Matip gets left and he actually ends up being probably strangely the, the bigger threat as this data suggests he is going to score goals he's done it before in the past he's a beast in the area um, so I do actually really like him and I feel like when you look at say him compared to Christensen because he's probably the best comparison Right, he's only one more Matip is currently in their first team, starting for Liverpool. I don't think there's any debate about that, um, considering how it's gone so far. Yeah, you could argue, therefore, he might get the rest before the Champions League, as they want to play Matip in the Champions League. I get that. <clears throat> With Christensen, we think that's the case, but we can't be 100%. Thiago Silva might take his place, and then Christensen So I'd argue Matip is actually slightly more nailed than Christensen. He's got more goal threat, and the passing bonus... Yeah, Christensen's through the roof on it, but Matip is... You know, it doesn't matter if you're getting 400 passes as long as you're getting more than 60 or 70 it, it's irrelevant right he's he's fairly close and I'd argue Liverpool's games initially are actually better so I let's say you go Matip and he doesn't play or he gets injured well hopefully you'll have the information about questions and you just move, move to him so I, again it might be booking in a transfer but I think he's a better option than people realise
1: Enough, yeah. I don't think he's a terrible option, but I just think that there's just so many risks and so many things that can go wrong with him. That have I you just, I in just all my don't stories,
0: know. it's all ifs, buts, maybes. This could happen, it's like, it, it is, and, it's and that's that's stuff. what I are
1: saying. As I said at the start of the podcast, right? So, if you're if you're counting on your on on, on like your both hands, how many players you think have got big risk factors associated with them, mm. and they're in your team, you've probably got one too many risks. Mm. Um, and Matt is a risk and an, again an educated gamble you can go with him but I just through injury through the fact that there's competition for places
0: i spent a lot of money on this other center back
1: right yeah that's what i'm saying I, I just i just don't see him making it through the season and and i liked him i've had him before on my teams, and he's he's a he's a good player and as you say go through that he's exciting but i just the the pessimist in me just doesn't see him yeah. playing. Ultimately, what decides games.
0: it for me is the fact that all things being equal, who do I think gets more clean sheets, Chelsea or Liverpool? Well, I think it's Chelsea, so therefore I go with the Chelsea option. Even though the fixtures are worse initially, yeah. I think that Chelsea could cope for it. And I know Liverpool have got clean sheets so far, but I think a few of them have been quite lucky, to be fair. And yeah. ma- maybe you yeah. could argue once they settle and Van Dyke's fully at it and everything, that settles down. And, and they, they haven't been playing their first choice midfield either, so maybe I'm doing them a disservice. But if you ask me now or anyone, I think, virtually, who gets more clean sheets, Liverpool or Chelsea, come season end, I think most people would tell you Chelsea. Um, So, yeah, you're really then, when you look at that, you think, well, then Christensen's got better at passing. So, really, what I'm looking at is, is he going to play more games than Christensen and is he going to score enough goals to be worth it? Uh, Probably not. So, yeah, that's why I come down on Christensen in the end. Flair, um, what... What are general tips as a newcomer should know for the post-overhaul period? Before we were planning for three game weeks. Now, how should we adapt our thinking? I mentioned it right at the start, and my one tip really is to ignore fixtures in defence. I think in defence, you pick the best options for the season. And as much as I've talked up Trent and all these other guys, you've noticed that in the end, I've come back to having Webster, you know, having Rudiger, having Diaz in my defence because I think they're the best options long term and that's my biggest tip is just to have them then you hopefully won't have to spend any transfers on them outside of injury their points are almost you can lock those points up now you know you already know roughly the ballpark they're going to get and it allows you to do so much more so that's my main tip really um Niall I don't know if I've put you on the spot here but have you got any others I think you mentioned one about having your pumps in midfield I think that was a good one for example
1: yeah, uh, punts of midfields I think I like that. I think um, if you don't, as you say, what I said, don't fixate on fixtures in the short term. Uh, if you're going to take risks, take them in moderation. Don't have a team full of risks because that's going to bite you. Um, and I would also say the difference this time is we've got the TV fixtures all the way out to the end of October, start of November. And so sit down, have a look at the fixtures Set your team up so that you've got the relevant coverage. You know, looking at the fixtures, you're going to need Liverpool, you're going to need Leeds, you're probably going to need um, Crystal Palace or Brighton, you're going to need Everton. Uh, And then later down the line, you will need Arsenal. So setting up your team so that you're not having to bring players in in a a fortnight's time, um, I think is another way of looking at it as well. So, yeah, risks Mm and planning.
0: Yeah. And I'm going to give you another one, actually, similar to what Niall said, is it is impossible... You know, unless you're going to spend 80 transfers to have the best captain on every single individual match day. Now, you want to try and get that as best as you can, but you don't want to just completely smash transfers and destroy your team to do it. You're going to have to pick your calculated risk. So for me, people are so a lot of people are going grey over over Calvert Lewin. I don't agree with that, but it could work. So I, my calculator, is, for example, is going Rafinha over Bamford, which I think a lot of people are doing. Maybe it's not a calculator, but you get the idea. I think there's going to be some times when you're not going to have the best captain. Maybe you're looking and thinking, I really want Lukaku for this game week, but really, Rudiger gets a ten-pointer. He could cover Lukaku one of them Do you really 100% need him? Maybe not. So there's going to be the odd one where you make a, a gamble. But you just have to see, you know, what's the what's the worst that could happen on this day at the, at the end of the day? And sometimes there's a chance where you can you can get away with it uh i think that's it we've been going for nearly two hours we knew this was
1: going to be a monster one nile um but it needs i'm knackered i'm absolutely done i'm I'm shattered (laughs) my brain my head is spinning
0: exactly yeah put your foot down that's what i was told lay on the bed stick your foot down apparently the room (laughs) doesn't work for me i tell you that now I've had to have my window closed as well because it's uh, just so noisy. I'm trying to keep the background noise down and I am roasting in this room as a result with PCs churning out like 900 degrees. I think it's all the screenshots I've got on my overhaul teams on it. Um, yeah, so thanks a lot, everyone. Hopefully you enjoyed that. Hopefully it was some help. Um, I know there's not a lot of definite answers, but that's because we're so up and down on certain things and I think there's a lot to debate. Hopefully you're thinking about these things. Hopefully we are giving you a steer in, in the right direction. Um I guess time will tell. Um, but at the end of the day, we're working here with three weeks' worth of information. I don't think it's enough to make complete, you know, 100% confirmed answers to a lot of these questions yet. And you know, we do have these 40 transfers. I think there's nothing wrong. It's annoying that you have to use them, or maybe you've used more than that already. But um, I don't think you need to be afraid with correcting mistakes early on. I think it's far more beneficial to use a transfer in the next coming weeks if you feel like you've got something wrong. And get it right quickly because I've been guilty in the past in thinking I'm not going to use transfers, I've used too many, and hopefully things will change around. And then I just miss out on points for a long sustained period. So I'll take that uh, thought away with you as well. I would just, just in case you get something wrong, you've got transfers right now, fix it, it'll probably sort it out in the, in the yep. long run. Um, right, uh, last mention, of course, is to the members area um, Fantasy Football Scout. If you sign up to that, you get access to the data I was showing you guys on the screen, uh, gives you the ticker which is really helpful as well. All the expected data, which I I really love now, Um, you know, Matip's going to score a goal apparently. So, you know, come back to me and (laughs) if that doesn't work out, I'll give you your money back for membership. Um, I think the next one will be, I think Niall's got an article coming out on the site about his overhaul team and his selections that should be in the coming days. Um, And then I'm going to have one from next week as well, which will be on the site, just going through what went right and wrong on my overhaul. Um so yeah, look out for that and our video will be next week, back to weekly after this international break. It's a bye from me.
1: Goodbye from me and good luck to everyone.
0: Definitely. Good luck guys, catch you
1: later.